Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. One minute and five seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of September in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet notably ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like at 520-5151, or you can email it as uh, Rick at... RickEmerson.com. Rick at RickEmerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com. Tim at KUFO.com. Or Greg Nibbler, our esteemed uh, production assistant, can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Let me clarify right now, because I already got a few emails about this this morning. Yes, that was Sarah and I that filled the truck with crickets yesterday afternoon. Uh, 45 of them to be... I, I can't vouch for the fact that all 45 are still alive. And I think of the 45 crickets... I think there's only 10 or 12 that actually chirp or make a cricketing sound, as the woman at the uh, at the Petco said. We were promised at least 12. We were promised at least 12 chirping crickets. And we have to thank the evil engineers, because they're amazing, and they went and got the crickets. They went and they bought a bag of crickets, which we put into the... Uh, that was our parting gesture to, uh, to Katie and Jessica yesterday as we left Survive It and Drive It. Uh, so Chad, who had departed the contest... Last week, last Wednesday, came back out and sat in with those guys for about half an hour. And then he left around 5.30. We replaced, uh, sort of like how they used to replace, like, your regular coffee with Folgers Crystals. Uh, We just replaced uh, emptiness with Chad and then Chad with crickets. (laughs) So, here you go. Oh, and just because, Tim and Greg, you guys are headed out there today. We should bring some beehives. And also some nose plugs. Let's let's clarify this right now. Let's have no doubts about this fact. The inside of that truck smells like death. It smells like everybody yesterday went to some combination of decomposing matter and a very, very inexpensive perfume. I myself said it was sort of an incense-covered corpse. Uh, somebody else said uh, something stuck underneath your house, decaying away, being filtered through Chanel Number no. 5. I would also accept this. If you've ever gone to, if you've taken your dog to like a, um, if you've taken your dog to like a kennel or a boarding place or, you know, like a, you know, just some kind of skeezy place that's going to get its hair cut. If you can imagine the worst smelling dog kennel you have ever been exposed to. And then if you were to sort of overlay that with the smell of a really, really low budget Santa Cruz head shop. That's kind of what the inside of that truck smells like. I can't even describe what it smells like. It was so awful. It it sounds like we're making it up. It's I can't even put into words how gross it was. It smells like the inside of a garbage disposal after, like, you've made about 16 different types of meals that involve, like, fruit and fish and any, uh, like, horrible rotting thing that you can think of. And, I mean, it smelled bad last Friday when I was out there, but I I guess I wasn't really prepared for the fact that the smell has increased, like, in an exponential way and will continue to do so uh, throughout this week. It's 
It's awful. I I made. I mean, I stuck my fool head in there and just kind of went a, and just took a huge snoutful of that, which was really something I should not have done. The best was when your glasses steamed up. Oh, that's the other oh, thing. Man. Oh, so no, no, no. That's full on. Oh, full on. Here's here's the other thing you have to know. So the inside of the truck, we we'll talk more about this later. But we brought uh, Chad back yesterday, so he was the guy who bowed out last Wednesday. We brought him back yesterday as just sort of a, a little bit of a stunt just to rattle Katie and Jessica, which did have the desired effect, by the way. It was somewhere on film, I don't think we've got this entirely loaded yet, but we've got the, the uh, moment where Chad re-entered the truck, and Katie and Jessica were sort of led to believe that he was re-entering the contest. And the look on Jessica's face, I mean, I said that at the time, that the look on her face, it was sort of the, the temperature of liquid nitrogen. She was not happy about that, but... The three of them were in there, and then, I don't know, about 20 minutes later, they broke for lunch. And I opened the door to say, like, okay, that's 15 minutes for lunch. And I had not had the door open five seconds, and my glasses just fogged over. They just steamed up with some sort of viscous, awful, evaporated goo-like substance. It was just awful. It was... Really, there are no... And the inside of that thing... I mean, it was like Cambodia in there. I expected it to start raining inside the truck. I would say that it was at least, I would give it a, a, a it was a comfortable 85, 90 degrees inside that truck. I mean, it, was, very... it was bad on Friday. I remember throwing up a little bit in my mouth. <laughs> it was, it's awful. So you have that to look forward to this afternoon. Oh, have, uh, have fun for that. Hey, what's in that creepy envelope? So, let's see. A listener left something at the front. Some kind of powder. Wow, is it, it's last year already. Uh, somebody left us a uh, somebody left us a thing from the uh, sheriff's department about Jenkum. Oh, right there. The front. All right. Well, in any event, so uh, we'll have an update from uh, Buzz, who was out there surviving to drive it this afternoon, or I'm sorry, he's out there this morning, and then this afternoon, uh, Greg and Tim uh, will be there. We have a major announcement about surviving and drive it coming up this morning at eight o'clock. So be listening for that. We have a uh, a huge announcement on the way. What else? Dax Holt from TMZ will join us today. Dawn Taylor from Movies.com. And uh, from the new television show The Good Wife, also from Sports Night, Dead Poet Society, many of the things. Josh Charles joining us at uh, 6.20 this morning. A uh, pair of tickets for you to see Zombieland and a uh, pair of tickets for you to see Motorhead uh, plus the Reverend Horton Heat this weekend at the Roseland. So uh, that is all uh, headed your way this morning. We're joined today as always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Hello, how are you? I just realized who that is. That's Josh Charles. He's the boyfriend in uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Yes, yes he is. Oh well done. Oh my God, I love that I movie. wonder why you didn't have a bigger reaction yesterday. And the thing is, he's one of those guys whose names doesn't necessarily jump off the page. Like, his name doesn't necessarily resonate with you until you look at him and you go, that guy's in everything. Was he... What else was he in? He was in another 80s movie I used to watch all the time. He wasn't in one of the forms of Mannequin, was he? No, you're thinking of uh, Andrew McCarthy. Okay, well, I knew I knew he wasn't the first one. Yeah, I uh, I don't believe so. I mean, it's, it's possible, I suppose. I'm not really familiar with your Mannequin 2 uh, the way that some folks might be. It's so. true. Oh, and they go and watch The Grunion. Yeah. So, I love that movie. That'll be uh, coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It's 5.08. Expect more showers today. High temperatures in the 60s. Salem police were able to stop an apparent gang fight involving as many as 25 people. This happened at the back entrance of the Salem Center Mall. 11 kids between the ages of 18 and 20 
were held for questioning. Police charged one boy and one girl with disorderly conduct. More charges against others are possible. No injuries so far are reported. Uh-oh, it looks like a dam could burst in the Seattle area. Those living around the Howard Hansen Dam are being urged to buy flood insurance, store their valuables in safe places, and get ready to run for their lives. So far, the Army Corps of Engineers has put up 400,000 sandbags, but nobody's sure if that's going to help. The city of Linwood is hiring a company to update their image. Apparently, they've been spooked on local television as big-haired buffoons. The city has hired North Star Destination Tragedies, oh, Strategy, I'm sorry, a national branding expert to help Linwood develop an identity beyond big hair and buffoonery. That's awesome. They've already spent $80,000. We'll see if it works. Not going to work. I'm sorry. I'm sure it'll work. It'll have the desired effect, no doubt. Starbucks is beginning to sell instant coffee. Yes, nearly eight months after Starbucks began selling its Via Instant Coffee in Seattle and Chicago, the company will begin offering it to the rest of the country and its Canadian stores. Backed by national television ads, a rarity for the company, along with a big-scale distribution of 1,500 sites outside its stores, this is called Via Instant Coffee. We'll see how successful it is. So it's it's, uh, coffee in a can. It's even going to be available at Costco and Target the lowbrow American public. I was just going to say, I don't think that I've had... I'm trying to remember the last time I had a cup of instant coffee. I think Lara's parents at one point, I think they they tried to sort of embrace my uh, my hedonistic lifestyle by, ha- by having a jar of like instant Folgers or something. It, I think it was actually Folgers crystals just sitting in the cupboard. And I think I passed on it. It's I think a glass I, of hot chemicals. That's, I, the thing about instant coffee is, of course, there's no actual coffee in there. I mean, it didn't taste like coffee at all. Uh, I remember my grandmother having the big thing of Sanka uh, around all the time, which is just the worst. I mean, it's just the worst substance on earth. There's, uh, there is actually no relationship at all between instant coffee and uh, regular coffee, except in the sense that they are both a hot brown liquid one can have in a cup. What does Sanka mean? I think Sanka isn't Sanka the uh, wasn't it was it like decaf or something? I think so. And so not only was it instant, I mean, it was like the worst of all possible worlds. It was it instant is that an invented word, and it was decaf. I think so. I think Sanka is meant to sound. Um, I think it's meant to sound Asian for some reason. The home Asia, the home of quality coffee. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Well, now it's time for Democrats to fight against Democrats. Like that hasn't been going on all along. The Senate Finance Committee is expected to consider whether the government should offer its own insurance plan for the middle class in competition with private carriers. The so-called public auction is the top goal for liberals. But it has no Republican support, and moderate Democrats say the Senate will never go along. So the debate is expected to put Democrat against Democrat. And knowing that they're going to fight against each other, nothing will happen during this no, administration. No, nothing at all. will be resolved at all. So we can thank the Democrats for being a lot like the Republicans. Or are they the Republicans? Or are they both the same? Well done. As usual, nothing will happen to make your life any better. Uh-oh. Well, we'll save this for later. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, what? Uh-oh. I have a big story here that I have to say for later. Uh, does it affect me in some way? I mean, other than the fact that I'm going to be listening to it? It might, because it, it makes me wonder a little bit more about something that's on your desk. What do you mean, something that's on my desk? Something that's on your desk. Okay. That is similar. Well, it could be the same one. All right, no, no, that's fine. Okay, all right. Something is missing. I'll, I'll trust your judgment on this. Uh, the Secret Service is investigating a poll posted on Facebook that asked the users the most unsocial, unspeakable question... Should President Obama be assassinated, a spokesman for the Secret Service said the agency will uh, take appropriate investigative steps. 
smack, well, smack somebody's skull into a million pieces. What were the uh, what were the results of that poll so far? Uh, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. I'm looking here. It doesn't really say. Oh, come on. You can't report uh, okay. on it. Uh, let's see. We're continuing our investigation. So the poll asked respondent, should Obama be killed? The possible answers were no, maybe yes, and yes, if he cuts my health care. A Facebook spokesman said a third-party application enabled an individual user to create what he said was an offensive poll. The application was immediately suspended while the inappropriate con- uh, content could be removed by the developer until such a time that he institutes further procedures. Facebook is now cooperating with the Secret Service, so they are not publishing uh, the results. That's a completely unsatisfying news story. You can't run that story and then not tell us exactly how the poll was going. Just you know, for out, of, you know, out of morbid curiosity, if nothing else. Uh, apparently, the Secret Service says, no, we may not have the results of that. So you can go fight with them if you want. Well, I can yeah. see why no, they wouldn't want to say... Well, I'm it just makes sense. I mean, it doesn't make me any less curious. No, I'm I'm just saying out of a journalistic curiosity, I don't like having those blanks that are sort of uh, you know non-explicated. Straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley, Amanda Moyer from CNN Radio uh, in Atlanta, going to be joining us at five forty. Did you see that video of that uh, guy being beaten with boards in Chicago? Mm-hmm. There's something really, really deeply wrong with this country. Uh, all that coming up. Plus, uh, Dax Holt from TMZ. Stay there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101 coming up at 540. We'll talk to uh, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer live from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Later on this morning, Josh Charles of the uh, new series The Good Wife. Dax Holt from TMZ. Don Taylor from Movies.com. At the news desk, this is Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning, it's 527. It's going to be another wet day today. High temperatures only in the 60s. Fall is here. Summer is gone. Portland's Freightliner Trunk Factory will stay in business after all. The Swan Island plant is getting a big military contract. Freightliner's German owners expected to cut back on the workforce, but not anymore. They do have to renegotiate its uh, contract with the labor union, though. Salem's shock color dad will get his hand slapped by a liberal judge. 41-year-old Todd Markham will get him easily three years probation for playing the twisted game of zap the kids with his four youngsters. One as young as three. He thought he was being funny. I don't remember that story that when, it, when it first happened. When yeah, was you that? did. Did we talk you, about you this? You commented on this fully. I remember it. The shock color dad. So what was the... I mean, I know it well, sounds like are, it ought to be you're, self-explanatory. You're but outraged. Was I? The children are injured, yes. All right. Well, fair enough. But this uh, Chicago thing is getting worse by the day. Uh, now a makeshift memorial for that murdered Chicago teen turned into a mob scene. The Chicago Tribune reports a vigil for slain Berger High School student Darian Albert became a face-to-face shouting match between neighbors, students, and community activists. The dispute began 
over whether the crowd should memorialize a teen or protest violence in the community. Community activists used bullhorns and tried to force their way into the school on the city's south side. Isn't that where Susan Reynolds is from? The 16-year-old uh, Albert was beaten to death last Thursday as he tried to walk past a brawl between rival gangs. He was an honor student, too. Please tell me that there's actually violence erupting at a vigil uh, yes. for the kid who was killed you know, through, you know yes. because of violence. These crime. are the kind of people we're dealing with here. That's great. So... There's a little urban thugs. Have you seen the uh, the video I that we're talking yeah. about? Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah, have you seen the... Uh... No desire. It's I mean, Because there's at least two different kids in that video getting beaten with boards is the weird thing. Like, I, I watched it and I couldn't figure out which kid they were actually talking about. Because in the caption it says... You know, and we're going to talk to Amanda a little bit about this, but it was a, it was a, you know, it's a big story. They said, you know, did, you know... Watch the you know watch the video and you get, you'll be able to see. They said you know you can see exactly how quickly the situation got out of control because it I mean it it, it just sort of um, the chaos kind of just grew at this geometric rate. But the problem is you're watching it and you realize at a certain point that there's actually two different people that are just sort of uh, you know getting wailed on uh, with these sort of like big planks. And I realized. And that, this was sort of the really disturbing part to me. So I realized I couldn't actually figure out which kid I was supposed to be looking at. You know, in other words, which one of these is the is the guy who ended up um, getting killed. Um, so, so then it turns out that they're doing this vigil, and at, even at said vigil, they can't figure out exactly how they want to proceed, and it came within like a hair's breadth of erupting into violence there, too. So I think occasionally one must recognize that there are certain sections that just need to, uh, they just need to start over. There just needs to be some sort of a hard boot done, a uh, a master reset of of the whole area. Then there's Roman Polanski actively working to be released from a Swiss jail where he's been held since the weekend. The Oscar-winning movie director was arrested on more than a 30-year-old warrant from L.A. After fleeing the country in the late 70s, the U.S. has been seeking Polanski's extradition for having sex with a 13-year-old girl in 1977. He was arrested after arriving in Zurich on Saturday to collect a movie-making award. Here's a lawyer in Paris said the director is seeking to be released, even if conditions are attached to his liberty. In a statement uh, released this morning, the Swiss criminal court said it will decide in the next few weeks, that's weeks, whether Polanski will be set free. It was originally charged with six counts, including rape and sodomy, involving an incident with a 13-year-old girl. He eventually pled guilty and was convicted on one charge and took off from the U.S. on the eve of his sentencing way back when. A man in Florida has been set ablaze over beer. Officials say a man was airlifted to a central Florida hospital for treatment after he was severely burned during a fight over beer, cigarettes, and money. 47-year-old Dean Allen Fruit suffered serious burns, according to the Daytona Beach uh, Police Department. Can we safely assume he lost the fight? Uh, apparently, uh, during the scuffle, John Harper dragged flutes to a wooded area, poured gasoline on his face, and set him on fire. That's a big guess. A bystander helped put out the fire. Uh, he suffered burns to his face, chest, and hands. He was taken to Orlando Regional Medical Center. He's in grave condition. The uh, assailant has been jailed on $100,000. Bailey faces attempted murder charges. It's unclear if he already had an attorney. What kind of beer could you be fighting over that it would cause you to drag another guy into the woods and set his face on fire? I mean, I can't even imagine this. That that is the sort of disagreement stemming from beer, and I can't that I can't really, I can't really put my finger out exactly on what the nature of the disagreement might be uh, for it to escalate so quickly. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's a Florida thing. Let's do one more here, and then we will uh, take a break. Uh, do enough people care about Conan O'Brien to know that he was injured? I on was the Tonight Show. Just going to mention this. No, no, no. I was just going to mention that this. Does is, anybody watch your show? I. Ever. 
I do on occasion, but I'll say this. When you mentioned this is the horrible connection, maybe when you talked about the Chicago video of the, the kid the, the being beaten with the boards, I immediately started thinking about that Conan O'Brien video. Have you watched it? No. Oh, man. it's. I mean, it's not like graphic as such, but it's just he Conan was filming this bit where he was, I think it was him and Terry Hatcher, and they were running a marathon, and the bit was that they were running down the street, the, the back lot of the studio, and then they ran into the studio, and he runs up onto stage to start the show. That was basically what the gag was supposed to be. He's running, 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 running all the way into the studio, in the side door, onto the stage, to behind the desk to start the show, except as he's running in, he's running across the stage, you know, where the guests come out, getting ready to go back behind his desk, and he slips, and he goes back, and his head hits the tile floor, uh, and and he gave himself a concussion. They ended up taking him to the hospital because they asked him what year it was, and he didn't know. Um, but it's that thing where he slips, and he goes back, and you can actually see his head bounce off the tile floor. Uh, I watched it this morning, and it was it was that no. thing where you, you watch, and you you put your own hand on your own head, and you kind of go, yeah, and you just pull back from the screen. I mean, I guess it could be worse. He could be in Chicago, I, I suppose. But, it, uh, yeah, it's, it's you ought to watch it. It's, uh, it's freaky. Yeah, I mean, you do realize... It, the, exactly how little it takes uh, to sort of whack your brains all out of alignment. Jesus. Well, he's after those fall ratings. That's right, Tim. Well, let's do this. We'll come back. We'll talk to Amanda Moyer uh, at the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta. She'll catch us up on a couple of the details involving the uh, Chicago thing. Later on, Josh Charles will join us. Uh, we'll also talk to Dax Holt from TMZ and uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon on Tuesday. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Tuesday. It's 503-228-4101. I'm sorry, Tim, but apparently uh, there was some humor that slipped underneath my comedy radar earlier. Were you saying that Conan was trying to improve his fall ratings? I thought you got that one. No, I I just accepted that at face value. It didn't occur to me to look underneath the hood for, uh, for amusement there. Did you watch the uh, video of Conan's head hitting the stage? Five times. Yeah, it's awesome, isn't it? Yeah. Sarah, you got to see this. Oh, that hurts. It's fantastic. No way. You don't have to see the guy beating beat with the boards, but you really ought to see uh, Conan hitting no, his head on the floor. A, no, I've, I don't. I've it'll make your head hurt. Just head. watching yeah. it, it'll make, your, uh, it'll make your brains rattle around inside your skull. And you can, I mean, isn't that one of those things, too, where you, when he's slipping and his head goes down, it's at such a velocity, you can actually feel it on the back of your own head. You can just, uh, you know, and I've never slipped and fallen and hit my head like that on tile, to the best of my knowledge, unless unless it happened and I simultaneously fell and knocked it out of my own brain. But even without having experienced that, just watching it, I can actually tell what it feels like. So, um, ready to watch? That'll be uh, that'll be posted. At, Sarah's actually averting her eyes from the screen. <laughs> Anyway, we'll uh, we'll get that posted. Thank you, Tim, but no, thank you. <laughs> it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one coming up at the top of the hour. Uh, Amanda Moyer, I guess it's a uh, it is a busy morning at CNN. So we'll talk to Amanda Moyer later on this morning. Josh Charles is going to be uh, joining us at six twenty seven o'clock. Uh, Don Taylor from Movies dot com. Dax Holt from TMZ. The eight o'clock hour. Are you going to spend the rest of the day trying to get people to watch that video? That you're going to be your no. I'm all done. I'm just done. I mean, which is which is fine. I just everybody needs a hobby. Uh, at the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. 
from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley. His fall rating. <laughs> I'm glad you finally got it. Uh, okay. Well, good morning. It is 543. Yes, it's going to be another wet day as fall is finally here. High temperatures today only in the 60s. So fall is finally here. Fall is finally here. <laughs> and we didn't need Conan O'Brien for it. Seventy-year-old Donna Tewksbury had to be airlifted to a Portland hospital after she was thrown from her horse, which then stepped on her in a frenzy after riding into a swarm of bees. <laughs> Could a day go worse for somebody? I'm sorry. Wait, she's not dead, is she? No. Okay. I'm sure she appreciates you, your concern over her health. Well, this day can't get any down. worse for me. Ah! She rode into a swarm of bees? With a horse that threw her and then stepped on her head. Okay. The Scapoose woman and four of the lady friends were enjoying the day, horseback riding in the Pacific Crest Trail, and everything possible went wrong. Well, as Sarah discovered this weekend, you should just not go outside. Don't go outside, don't go hiking, don't go swimming, fish, you know, fishing, horseback riding, anything. Doesn't matter. No matter what it is, just stay inside your home where everything is safe and climate controlled. Sarah could barely walk yesterday, by the way. We were and then the- today it's even worse. Survive it and drive it thing. She's hiking, and it's, here's the thing about hiking. Hiking or doing anything, any sort of exertion like that outside, it's like staying up too late, where it doesn't quite hit you that day or the next morning. It's always like a day and a half later mm-hmm. that the fatigue or the, you know, or in this case, the sort of muscle ache kicks in. All right, I'm sorry. So she, so the horse rides into a swarm of bees. The horse freaks out. The bucks are off onto the ground and then steps on her. Yes. All right. DMV fees are going up on Thursday, so if you have any business with the DMV, you better do it now. How much more? For instance, car registration will go up 32 bucks. License fees will go up 200%. And the money will go toward $300 million in road repairs statewide. Kids, you're not going to like President Obama. He wants to cut back on your summer break. Yes, the summer vacation you just enjoyed could be sharply curtailed if the president gets his way. He says American kids spend too little time in school, putting them at a disadvantage with students around the globe. Now, I uh, I think that we shouldn't have these long summer vacations anymore. Not with Malia and Sasha, not in my family, probably not in yours. But the challenges of a new century demand more time in the classroom. The president, who was a sixth grader and a third grader, why does it say that? Want schools to add time to classes, stay open late, and let kids in on weekends. I think he is the parent of a sixth grader and a third grader, the way that article is meant to be written. Well, it wasn't written that way. No, this is one of those things that they try to do every year. Uh, every year since I was in school, they keep talking about how they're going to institute. stupider than ever. Well, that's true. Well, there's no reversing that trend. Year after year after year. There's, you really are not going to be able to... It, having kids incarcerated in school for greater and greater periods of time is really not going to reverse the uh, the trend of the uh, you know the stupefaction of America. There's just there's just no getting around that. But every year since I was I don't know probably twelve, they've been talking about trying to get some sort of you know a constant ongoing like a track system where it's a year a year round school deal. Mm-hmm. Never going to happen because there's just too I like there's just everything is just too entrenched right because you got uh, teachers who you know are used to having uh, a set period of time off in the summer. I mean, you've got the, basically the entire American economy is focused on, you know, is built around a certain kind of structure. So there's just no, there's no altering that much as, uh, much as the rest of us might like, much as you might like it once you hit 18. That's the other thing is that nobody ever thinks that school, uh, having you know, school year round is a good idea until you graduate. Then suddenly it's the best idea on earth. But it doesn't really matter because it's not going to happen. So you might try again next year. So who knows what's going to happen? Well, Walt Disney has some serious things going on. They're in court fighting about Winnie the Pooh. 
On Monday, a U.S. judge in Los Angeles dismissed the reigning copyright infringement claims by the estate of Pooh licensee Stephen Salinger against Disney. Salinger obtained exclusive merchandising and other rights to the Pooh and uh, works of the author A.A. A. Milne in 1930. In 1961, he transferred them to Disney, which he's paid regular royalties. His heirs claimed Disney commingled Pooh and Mickey Mouse revenue and failed to pay more than seven hundred. Commingling of Pooh. Commingling of Pooh and Mickey Mouse revenue. That's what it says here. A judge is listening to this. Yes, they failed to pay more than seven hundred million dollars in royalties. Is this like a your chocolate and my peanut butter kind of a thing? But is your Pooh and my Mickey Mouse? I suppose so. Some okay. people are taking this very, very seriously. The commingling of Pooh. Uh, it's a whirlwind uh, romance for Limp Bizkit singer Fred Durst. Actually, it's over. The vocalist got engaged this spring to Esther Nazarov, got married three months later in Vegas, and now he announces via Twitter, I guess he didn't go before a judge or a court. After two months of marriage, the couple has decided to split. Why were so we he's not divorced uh, on Twitter now? Why were we not apprised of the fact that the Fred Durst had gotten married before he uh, came on the show as mystery guest? Shouldn't that have been Seriously? worked into the news at some point? So he got married, and now they're divorced, which he's announced via Twitter. Mm-hmm. All right. And so they are on tour, by the way. Somebody did send me an email to this effect. So Limp Biscuit uh, are actually on the road. Where was he when we talked to him? Sarah? Bus? He was in like a different in country, a remember? Because he like, was like, it's eight. But it was like Budapest or something. I like it was, was some. I think it was in Prague, wasn't he? I think Prague, yeah. Was it Prague? I thought it was some hidden maybe, tiger maybe crouching dragon place. Because I kept picturing him living in a treehouse for some reason during the interview. That's all I remember is that the entire time Fred Durst was on the show, he said wherever he was from, he mentioned that he's like, well, I'm here in Prague, I guess. But I was just picturing him deep in some sort of a rainforest where everybody had, was like living in a bamboo structure up in the trees and there were sort of monks running around. So, But maybe I only have like a sort of theoretical idea of what Prague is actually like. That could also be the case. Here's uh, Tim Riley. There's something you never thought about before. Top Pentagon officials are calling for an end to the U.S. military's historic ban on allowing women to be on submarines. Admiral Mike Mullen, the chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff and top military officer, advocated the policy change in written testimony. I believe that we should broaden opportunities for women. Uh, One thing is to allow the ladies aboard submarines. They're moving aggressively on this. I'm very comfortable addressing women on the submarine forces, Admiral Roughhead, the chief of naval operations. Admiral Roughhead? Mm -hmm. Admiral Roughhead. Women account for 15% of more than 336,000 members of the Navy and can serve on ships. But critics argue that submarines are different, pointing to cramped quarters with some crew members sharing beds in... they share beds and shifts? <laughs> the best part was how you actually arched your eyebrow and pulled away from the screen just now as so you read that So that's okay. But to allow women aboard the submarine... <laughs> well, in shifts, raises so eyebrows. Says Admiral Roughhead. Together, but they probably have the same bed, but then, like, take turns. Yes, I think that... It, maybe. I say, On paper, I suppose. I was, I was just going to say yes as though I know what the hell I'm talking and about. And apparently this is called hot bunking. I'm still back... <laughs> Really? That's what the Navy term for this is. Hut bunking. So, <laughs> so I think someone's reading the, the wrong manual. No, it says here. <laughs> Nancy Duff Campbell, an advocate for expanding the role of women in U.S. Armed Forces, said it would be easy to resolve problems associated with this so-called hut bunking. Really? Is that like an itching, burning sort of a problem? Where does she stand on the issue of commingling poo is what I well, want to know. Well, they say, how can they have women sleeping in the same area as men? Okay. Hey, do we want to interview somebody? Uh, Listen to this interview pitch that I just got moments ago. My husband left me for Tori Spelling. Interview Dean McDermott's ex-wife. 
I think it's a big yes. Yes, yes. Uh, Greg, I'm going to forward that to you. The uh, My husband left me for Tory Spelling woman. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. A 1,400-pound bull that escaped from a northern New Jersey uh, slaughterhouse dragged cops with a lasso down the street and ran 10 blocks before being captured and sedated. Chief John DeCandro, a spokesman for the Patterson Police Animal Control Division, said the bull was being unloaded at a meatpacking facility when it broke loose and refused to be slaughtered. Police tried to corral the bull by lassoing a rope around the animal's neck, but it dragged the cops down the street instead. Uh, traffic was light during the bull run. The area where the officers was dragged was not residential or near a school, thank goodness. They finally corralled the animal and were able to sedate it, and now it's up to the slaughterhouse. You're going to die. Good morning, everyone. Coming up at the top of the hour, CNN Radio correspondent Amanda Moyer will join us. We discuss more news happening in this fine, fine world of ours. Uh, later on, Josh Charles from the uh, new television program, The Good Wife. Don Taylor from Movies.com. Dax Holt from TMZ. And your shot at tickets to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat. Stay right there, won't you please? This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO. Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Coming up in just a few moments, we'll talk to CNN radio correspondent Amanda Moyer. Uh, Josh Charles coming up at uh, 620. So in Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, he was the boyfriend whose name escapes me, though. I can't remember the guy's name. Can't remember his name in it. Uh, see, it's completely... Uh, it's completely. And I know he, he... Was it an ice cream truck or a hot dog truck? Uh, see, I, here's, a, here's a horrible thing about me. I've only seen that movie once. Oh, I used to rent that every weekend when I was a kid. I've seen Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead... Precisely once, and I think it was in the theater when it first came out, which would have been, God, what, like 1990, 1991? Because I think it was when Married with Children was still on the air. I mean, that was sort of, that was kind of when, when Christina Applegate was at her uh, apogee in terms of, of, of that show. That was um, that was when they were trying to leverage everything on the success of Married with Children. He played Brian. Brian the babysitter, and don't tell mom the babysitter. Brian, yes. the boyfriend of the babysitter. Brian, the boyfriend right. of the babysitter. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories for you on this Tuesday morning. Well, it looks like fall is here. As a matter of fact, we could get a thunderstorm after 11 o'clock this morning. Really? So don't say you weren't warm. When we were out at uh, the Survive and Drive thing yesterday, was, uh, the sky was grim. There was this sort of this bleak steel gray sky uh, happening, and it was kind of threatening to rain and, and you know, and have the it, thunder it lightning the entire like five time. five minutes. A little bit. I was I'm wondering if there was a full storm that was going to sweep in, and it didn't. I mean, frankly, a storm could do that truck and everybody in it uh, some good at this point by blowing away a little bit of the uh, the filth. You guys are going out there today. I really, I can't. I can't explain to you how bad that truck smells. There's uh, there's nothing to which I can compare it. But you've got to smell it, just so you know. I mean, really, that's, I've got to smell it. <laughs> that's the you you won't believe the smell. You you really ought to take a good long whiff of it, if only so you can appreciate everything else on earth that does not smell like that. I mean, I've been to landfills that did not smell like the inside of that truck. I was it's, talking to Jessica, and I asked her, I'm like, so can you not smell that? And she's like, I have. She's like, I can't smell a thing. No. See, I have no idea what you guys are smelling at all. It's entirely possible they'll uh, they'll never smell anything. But it's uh, like people can't smell their own smelly pets. That's right. And, you know, it's funny you say that because everybody who, you know, sort of took the long whiff of the interior of the truck went to either something that was dead uh, and had been dead for quite some time or a really um, unkempt um, animal living quarters. And that's why I, I was like, I was talking about the kennel, but with a bad sort of like doggy incense or something over the top of it. Uh, like, some, like potpourri carpet cleaner. Yeah, it's a horrible, uh... but like in a house where like John Gacy lived for a while or something. Yeah. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Have we already done, have we done headlines here? 
I only give you one. All right. You want two? Tim, he's tracking the other two headlines on this uh, Tuesday. A man gets 18 months in jail for stealing a hot dog, and a teen claims he was held captive in a closet for years. All right. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from the CNN Radio Center in Atlanta, Amanda Moyer. Good morning, Amanda. How are you today? Good morning. I'm doing well today. How about yourself? I'm okay, except that the world appears to be once again spinning off ex- uh, its axis. This is First, it was just nothing but uh, celebrities dying left and right. And now we just have one story after another coming out uh, that, I mean, we'll start with the Chicago thing. First of all, isn't Chicago trying to trying to sew up the Olympics right now? Are they trying to get the Olympics to come there? That's right. They're trying to get the 2016 Olympics. So President Obama is even going to be going to Copenhagen to pitch it. And uh, in the middle of all of that, we've got uh, a lot of violence in Chicago, especially on the south side like this uh, beating with and, the team. You know, and, and, and actually, I was so busy thinking about the Olympic thing, I actually completely spaced on the fact that Obama is from Chicago. So let's talk about this video that came out, and it's the, I guess, one kid that ended up, ended up dying, but it's a, some sort of a gang war or some sort of a brawl that erupts. Somebody's trying to walk through the middle of it, and then he gets kind of pulled into the melee. And we were talking about this earlier, where when I heard the story, I went and I, you know, and I watched the video, which is you know, disturbing, to say the least. But the kind of the creepiest thing about it is that there's like more than one assault happening at the same time that fits the description of what I read about in the story, and you can't quite figure out which one the story is referring to. So it's just, it's just the weirdest thing. Um, so here's a dumb question. Coming from you know, some guy in Portland, Oregon. Does this sort of thing seem to happen all the time in Chicago, or is this some kind of an isolated incident? Well, I think maybe to this extent it's an isolated incident, but the thing is the outrage is is coming because there's been an increase in violence in Chicago, especially on the south side. School officials say that three kids uh, have been killed this year, and I believe that 34 public school students were killed last school year. So this is a place that is seeing so much violence and uh, the, the gang wars and uh, all kinds of crime that is related to it. And as you said, this kid, Darion Albert, he was 16 years old. He's been described as an honor student. He was walking unknowingly into the path of this brawl between two groups of students on his way to the bus stop after school last week. It does look for all the world like there's a, like there's a riot uh, happening when you watch the video. And I couldn't quite figure out the context of it but who was it that that filmed this because as i was sort of viewing it i I realized that probably the last place i would want to be is anywhere near uh just that whole conflagration so who was it that shot the video it was a witness to everything that was happening it's just an amateur videotape like i said shot by a witness and uh they, they took it to a local tv station but um a lot of people were watching this happen, and that's what you see on the video that's also disturbing. And uh, this wasn't just uh, kids fighting and this kid walked into it. This, this student, Darion Albert, he was pummeled with wooden planks, kicked in the head. Um, they were even using a railroad tie. Now think how big a railroad tie is. And this kid was getting beaten with it. And uh, one of the kids uh, that uh, did this, he admitted to doing it, and he says that... Uh, he actually stomped on the kid's head repeatedly after the kid was already lying on the ground. And uh, he says that this uh, Darion Albert didn't do anything. He didn't strike him. Yeah, it's just a whole lot of uh, the weird and bad going on uh, in, the, in this world. Before we wrap things up, let me ask you about uh, Roman Polanski. That's the other big thing today. So he's in Switzerland, but now I guess he said he's going to fight extradition, which I guess is probably expected uh, on some level. But what does that entail? I mean, if you're some guy, in other words, if you're an American, and he's not an American, he's, I think he's a citizen of, of, of France, if memory serves, but he's in Switzerland where he is not a citizen 
how do you go ahead or go about getting a lawyer? I mean, there's, like, there's not a, like an 800 number you can call to have somebody represent you. So what is the, the process that he enters now? Well, the extradition process is quite lengthy, and it could take several months. Uh, legal experts do believe that he will eventually get back to the U.S. This process, he does have lawyers. He actually has lawyers um, in, in California, and he has lawyers in France. He's been living in France for about the past 30 years or so, um, and uh, he's trying to get released from prison in Switzerland, um, his uh, lawyers are trying to uh, file some sort of paperwork that would give that release because he actually has several homes in Switzerland, as he does in France. This is a guy that's been traveling freely around in Europe for uh, quite some time. And the, another big question is, why now? Do you suppose that somebody would uh, point out the fact that the last time we let him out of jail, he ran away and was on the lam for 30 years? Mm-hmm. Well, he's definitely a flight risk, if, uh, yes. if that would be the case. Um, but people are also saying, you know, he has a lot of supporters. I should I should mention that. He has a lot of people who think this whole case should just be dropped. I know um, at the Zurich Film Festival, which where that's where he was going when he was arrested, and uh, people were protesting when they had signs that said, Free Polanski. Uh, a number of filmmakers have come out in support of him and saying that it's been so long, just leave him alone, etc. Well, on that note, Amanda Moyer, have a uh, good day. We will talk to you very soon. Okay. Amanda Moyer, CNN Radio correspondent in Atlanta. I have there's just nowhere to there's nowhere to go with that. And I always feel a little bit awkward making uh, any sort of irreverent comment with Amanda because she's so clearly cut from the traditional journalistic cloth. And plus, she's right there at the uh, you know the, the the nerve center of that whole network. I just I want to meet the, I want to meet the person who is out there protesting in defense of Roman Polanski. I mean, I, I mean, just, we can find somebody in Portland. I'm sure those people probably exist. I just, I just haven't really met one. I mean, whatever. I mean, I guess it's a free country. I guess it's five zero three two two eight four one zero one five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Coming up at six twenty, Josh Charles will uh, join us. You've seen him in uh, Dead Poet Society. Don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. Uh, also, Sports Night and the new series, uh, The Good Wife, with Juliana Margulies. Seven o'clock. Don Taylor from Movies dot com. Dax Holt from TMZ at eight a.m. And your shot at Motorhead tickets. Keep listening. The Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101, KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. What are you doing? Sharpening these throwing stars. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock It's a Rick Emerson show on Rock 101 KUFO. In just a few moments, we'll talk to Mr. Josh Charles. Uh, he plays Will Gardner on the new CBS show, The Good Wife. So with, exciting. Uh, Juliana Margulies. So he was in uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. We've also figured out he was... I don't... I have to say this. I don't remember him being in Things to Do in Denver when you're dead. To be fair, I didn't really care for that movie all that much. Uh, I remember seeing it and sort of going... Uh, I've never okay, seen that movie. 90 minutes gone. The thing about uh, Things to Do in Denver when you're dead... It was probably, it had this double-edged sword. It was probably released because it was so similar to Pulp Fiction. I mean, if you remember, like, after Pulp Fiction came out, there were all these movies that were released that were sort of, I don't want to say knockoffs, but they were kind of cut from the same cloth, where they had that weird sort of a contemporary noir kind of a feel. There was um, Trees Lounge was one, and Albino Alligator was one. Things to do in Denver when you're dead was one. Suicide Kings. Was Suicide Kings the one with Jay Moore where they tie Christopher Walken to a chair? Yeah, the Suicide Kings, and they but they were all kind of 
in that same Pulp Fiction mode. And so I remember watching Things to Do in Denver when you're dead, and A, just realizing I would never be as uh, as good-looking or cool as Andy Garcia, and then also not really... Uh, also Muppets in Space. Well-spotted, Greg Nibbler. I'm totally going to ask him a Muppets in Space question, by the way. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories on your Tuesday morning. Well, it looks like we're going to try to uh, spend a little money here to keep an airline at the Portland International Airport. The mayor wants to... Give a donation to Delta Airlines, like $300,000, to convince them to stay here. Is that Wouldn't what we're that calling be a it now? We're calling that a donation? They used to call that graft. I, I believe so. <laughs> it's a $300,000 gift God to keep them here. That's a little because bit Because nobody's flying out of here anyway to go to uh, Germany. What is it, a grant? No, it's a donation. A donation, I'm sorry. So so he is donating, very kindly, he is donating our $300,000 to Delta. Yes, he'd like to. How sweet of him. That's, well, I you know. So. Well, he gives. Be spending his money elsewhere. Working for the people, sir. And there's a big thunderstorm that's going to rattle through here sometime after 11 o'clock this morning. Excellent. It is 503-228-4101 coming up at uh, 7 o'clock. Don Taylor from Movies.com. Dax Holt from uh, TMZ coming up at 8 a.m. And at uh, some point betwixt now and 9 a.m., your shot at tickets to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat. We're going to be at the Roseland uh, this Saturday. You've seen him on the HBO series In Treatment as Jake. He also played uh, Dan Rydell on the slice of pure distilled genius that was Sports Night. Uh, he's also been in the film's Hairspray. Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, Dead Poet Society, and he currently plays the character of Will Gardner on the CBS drama The Good Wife. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Josh Charles. Good morning, sir. How are you on this Tuesday? Good morning. How are you? I am uh, fantabulous. On the classic 1 to 10 scale, I would say right now, I am at a 7.9, probably trending up toward an 8.5, which may be more detail than you needed, but, you know, I like to over-answer questions. No, I like that. That means that's fantastic. I, I'm not awake enough to be able to speak that specifically, but I think that's fantastic and admirable. I will... Uh, I'll try to be awake enough for us, uh, for us both, sir. The the good wife. I want to ask you this before we do anything else because someone told me, and I want to clarify. You, you seem to be the man to know. Somebody told me that the good wife is based a little bit on the Elliot Spitzer prostitution scandal. Uh, that there, it was drawn from that in some sense. Is that is that true? Obviously, there's a connection there just based on the story, but I, I, I'm not entirely, I, I can't answer honestly to know that the Kings didn't come up with the idea before or after or during, so I'm not really sure what which came first in that situation, but it certainly seems like, uh, obviously, the world we're living in these days um, and the, the access to media and, and the way these politicians are behaving, that it's happening with a lot more regularity, and it's great press for us. <laughs> so it's a show where Juliana Margulies, uh, the, the deal is, the, the Sarah and I were talking to them, my uh, producer and I were talking that she has to go back to uh, work as uh, a lawyer. She has to go back to practicing law because her husband gets busted uh, patronizing hookers, etc. And your character, Will Gardner, tell us a little bit about uh, your character and the role he plays in the uh, in the dynamic of things. Yeah, well, as, as you just said, like when the show opens up, all that stuff happens, and then you cut to six months later, and Juliana, who's you know sort of you know um, sort of allowed Chris's character to be the breadwinner. While she sort of put her career on hold and raised her children, now she's got to go back out and get a job. So where the show really opens is we see her, you know, coming to get that job. And I play, and her and I went to law school together, our characters. And I run a law firm with Christine Baranski's character, and we hire Juliana. And that's sort of how the introduction into the show, how, how you meet all the other characters. So... One of the producers of the show is Ridley Scott. I saw his name attached to this. And I, I don't know how that process works uh, in television or in film, at what point the different people uh, sort of align themselves with the project. But when you 
you know, when something comes across your desk and you see the Ridley Scott's name on it, I mean, is that enough for you right there, just that marquee, just say, that's it, I'm in, sign me up? Yeah, I mean, both, it's both Ridley and Tony, his brother. I mean, they're, they're both producing it, and they've been producing some television now for a little while. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're both very talented guys, and obviously, you know, having them as our executive producers helps uh, you know, I just think, you know, raise awareness for it and get people to tune in. And, uh, you know, and I think they're the person that, that works with them that does all their televisions. A guy named David Zucker is one of the, you know, really fantastic, one of our executive producers, really smart and, and dedicated and, and really a thorough producer and one of the best I've ever worked with. So I think they run a really good ship over there and uh, they assembled a good crew and, um, and we got a really good cast, so everything's in place. You know, we just got to keep making good shows. We're talking to Josh Charles. He's on the uh, the new show, uh, The Good Wife, which airs the night at 10 p.m. Is it true that you started doing stand-up, by the way, when you were, it was like 9 or 10 or something? I did, actually. I was born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, and started, I uh, was always a big fan of Richard Pryor, and someone who worked with my father was, you know, was a comic on the side, and Ran an open mic night at a comedy club there. We used to go and watch him, and uh, I heckled something out and got the bug early on. It's not something that I feel like I could do right now. I have a lot of friends who are comics. I have a lot of respect for that. But it was a way for me that when I first was just got, again, got into performing at a young age and doing plays and doing comedy. So it is true. I'm just sort of picturing some guy that looks like sort of a uh, some sort of a Harvey Weinstein guy with a with a chewed off cigar stuff going. Get me that kid from the second row. He's genius. Get him up on stage. Um, also genius, and I and anybody who knows me for more than five minutes uh, will at some point have the just released Sports Night Complete series box that shoved onto them. And I mean, if the, I have actually gone so far, I have driven to people's homes. And I've said, now, look, I, I don't care what you had planned for today. I don't know what you were going to be doing. But what you are going to be doing is you're going to be watching two episodes of Sports Night with me. And at that point, you can make the decision about whether you want to watch the rest. But if you're going to continue to be my friend, you just have to watch it. And as a guy who saw that whole thing from the inside, could you tell when you started doing Sports Night, when you, know, when you started playing Dan Rydell, could you tell what, uh, what a magical show that was? Was it evident from the very beginning? I think I think we knew we were doing something really special, and Aaron created a really interesting show, and, and the, the group that was assembled was really phenomenal. So, yeah, I mean, I did. You know, it's it's nice. To, it has in between that and in treatment, I, I seem to find these television shows that that discover cult followings. You know, and so it's sort of funny to to sort of uh, to have that experience in that show. For the love of wait, Josh Charles. Uh, we seem to have uh, seem to have vanished into some sort of a rabbit hole. Sounds like his uh, sounds like his phone is. Uh, and hello, hello, hi. There we go. All right, okay. It was that awkward moment where I couldn't tell if that was my phone or your phone or some combination of the two, and then I was going to be uh, and then I was going to be slash uh, embarrassed slash irritated slash uh, frustrated if that was my oh, phone. That was it's probably my phone, so I'll just I'll I'll, I'll take all the irritation. I'm going to fix uh, anyway. Fix that in just, post. Yeah, I was really really proud of that show. Uh, just to continue and and saying that I did a play in San Francisco a couple years ago, and a, a fan from Sports Night literally she took a bus up from. Los Angeles to San Francisco just to see the the play and you know mainly because she just loves that show and you know I signed her box set for her and it just shows you that you know the beauty of doing something like that and with DVDs the way it is right now is they they really can live on and they you know I'm really proud of the work we did on that show and in a, in a, in a kind of odd way two years was almost plenty because you know we didn't get give a chance for everybody to get sick of it you know and kind of kept them wanting more and uh, 
it's something that I'm real proud of. So. And you, you've done uh, several projects, actually, that have got a cult following over the years. You know, no matter what genre uh, they're in, my uh, my producer, Sarah, is a huge fan of uh, Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And she, the, to use her word, she just sat and gushed like a schoolgirl uh, about it all morning before we came on the air. I'm very excited. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, when I was yeah. Yeah, when I was younger, I used to rent that movie um, every single weekend, basically. Yeah, I know. That one, has a, that one has another cult following as well for young, uh, young I don't claim to know your age, just here and you on the phone, but most times I can tell when I see people, I'm like, yeah, you like that movie, you're probably in your early 20s. Um, yeah, and you, I'm 28. <laughs> I mean, there you go, you, you watched it, uh, you know, so, yeah, it has that, has that, that, that one uh, makes me laugh every time, every every young girl I know, that's, that's pretty much how they know me from, doesn't matter what I do for the rest of my life, I was in that one. <laughs> now, is it, can you do that with, with different uh, fans? I mean, obviously, you know, The Good Wife is going to bring you, you know, the, the whole, as they say, you know, a whole new legion of people, a whole new generation of, of folks who know you from that. When someone comes up and they go, hey, you're that guy in, I mean, based on their age or the, you know, the, the, the demographic or whatever, can you tell if they're going to open their mouth and they're going to say, like, Dead Poet Society, or they're going to say whatever? I mean, can you spot it before they even say it? Yeah, pretty much. You can sometimes, yeah. I mean, you, you know, if you're going to, people are going to know you from Don't Tell Mom or from Dead Poets or then the Sports Night or In Treatment more recently. Or, and then certain people, you know, like the action movies of SWAT or Flip Brothers or what have you. So, yeah, depending on where you are and what situation, it sort of varies how people recognize you. And, you know, that's part of part of the sort of uh, just something that always just makes me laugh about being an actor. You know, you just, you never know. You never know where you're going to be, what people are going to know you from. And you, and you can never really assume what where they're going to know you from, because as soon as you do that, they're like, no, that's not how I know you. No, uh, you're that, you're that Muppet in Space guy. Yeah. The... <laughs> Didn't I go to high school with you? Uh, as we sort of uh, wrap all this up, I do have to ask just to, because as a guy who grew up watching all of the various projects that the Jim Henson folks put together, just it sounds this sounds like kind of a daft query, I guess. But when you're used to acting alongside other, you know, like normal human beings, what is it like to act next to Muppets? Because you always hear that you just forget that they're that they're not real, that you just start to act and respond to them like they're a normal like they're a normal actor. But when you did Muppets in Space, did you find that that's the case where you forget that you're not talking to people? That was sort of magical. I mean, I obviously did that for my my niece and for other kids in my life that I just you know and friends, kids and stuff like that that I just love and uh, and hopefully one day I have children of my own, they'll be able to you know watch that movie and laugh. But just working with with those, you know, growing up. Being a huge Muppet fan as a kid, it was it was, it was an incredible experience to see the artistry with which those guys worked. And I got to work with actually with Frank Oz, who was who was doing you know Miss Piggy when we shot that, that, those couple big scenes. And that was just just I was in awe of it. But it does take some getting used to because you know they kind of build up the set, so those guys are lower, and you know you're, you're sort of more used to just your head going to where you hear the voice, but you actually have to sort of stay tuned and focused on the puppets while the, the people controlling the puppets are actually down a little lower than you with microphones on their head, you know, and stuff like that. So that takes a little bit of an adjustment, but it's one you get used to. Is the, is the, I, I would do again. I would do again in a second. It's just such a magical experience that just lets your imagination run wild and you really feel like you're you're doing something special, and, and it's just, it's a hoot. Is the temptation to ask Frank Oz to do the Yoda voice just overwhelming? I mean, just, for me, I would just have to fight that off constantly. Just say something like Yoda. Say, say you know, do, you know, try not, do or do not. That would just overwhelm well, I, me. I fought against that, but I will tell you one funny story, that if you watch that scene, him and I, me and Miss Piggy get in a fight in that movie, and then she ends up, like, tying me up and trying to seduce me. But when we first started shooting the fight scene, I, were, I sort of threw a jab, and... All of a sudden, I just hear, ow! 
cut. <laughs> and I, I sort of accidentally hit Miss Piggy a little bit, and um, therefore Frank's thumb, and thought that I really injured Frank on the first take, but he was okay and just wrapped it up a little bit, and it was fine, but it put the fear of God in me, but... That was my first day of shooting. Up. Yeah, you want to be the guy that injures the voice of like ninety percent of the uh, you know the puppet creations yeah, on planet exactly. Earth. Yeah, uh, he plays the character of Will Gardner on the CBS drama The Good Wife, uh, alongside Juliana Margulies. Who? Oh, I'm and sorry. I do have to ask. I do have to ask. Um, Rick is too embarrassed to ask this, but uh, okay. Juliana Margulies is she as beautiful in person as she looks uh, like in movies and television shows? And oh whatnot? yeah, she's she's gorgeous and she's she's so beautiful. Excellent. She's got a you know in a great place in her life right now, and she's got a awesome husband, and a beautiful boy, and she's just uh, she's just in a really good place, and she does she's just one of those people who just looks more and more beautiful. The Good Wife airs tonight, 10 p.m. on CBS. Uh, best of continued success in all you do, my friend. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. All right, thank you. Nice talking to you. Thank you. There you go, Josh Charles, ladies and gentlemen, who uh, has been in the, the every movie we've That's ever so seen. That's so surreal. There you go. That is the weirdest thing. All right. My sister is going to be so jealous. You talk to the guy from Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's yes. Dead. Oh, yeah. my mom will be too. Because I mean, honestly, we rented that movie every single weekend. And you know the thing about Josh Charles, and I made I made a point as we were doing this to kind of mention so many of those things he's been in because he's one of the like you say Josh Charles. First of all, it sounds like a radio name, but when you say Josh Charles to people, they don't they don't necessarily go, oh yeah, he's that guy that. But if you say if you say that he's the guy, some people from Sports Night or Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead or this series or In Treatment, which is the thing he just did on HBO that had a huge following. Or if you go up to anybody, I would say, who is over the age of maybe 28 and you say Knox Overstreet from Dead Poet Society. You know, the guy who's, mm-hmm. the heavens made a girl named Chris with hair and skin of gold. I mean, it's just everybody. I, I mean, I get chills actually just saying that as dorky as that sounds so. Awesome, excellent. Yeah, because you were saying his name yesterday, and I didn't. It didn't really click. But you who look he him was. up, and you're like, "It's that guy." I know, and then I spazzed out. Yeah, and I'm just such a huge nerd for sports night, as you know, that I just uh, like that is literally that's just on the list of things I had to do before I died. So that I mean, that really is just a couple notches below like meeting Aaron Sorkin himself. All right, and scene coming up uh, next. Tim Riley at the news desk with more edification for you on this Tuesday morning, seven o'clock. Don Taylor from Movies.com, Dax Holt from TMZ. You're shot at Motorhead tickets, and we'll start checking in with Buzz out at Survive It and Drive It. Plus, a major Survive It and Drive It announcement coming up in the eight o'clock hour. Be listening. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with millions. They're scowling, goose stepping commies. That's what freaks me out about them. Sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I wish to understand that'd be punch and pie. I hate you. Awesome. If you just heard, uh, if you just heard Sarah voice that Red Robin spot, which sounds great, by the way, and I only noticed this, I think, because I hear you every day and have for like a decade. No, it's true. I was, I just uh, gotten off my motorbike and my allergies were totally crazy this morning, so I was a little congested. Just the tiniest little bit of nasal congestion, and so when you <laughs> I say, I like shiny. I like chili in all of its various forms. <laughs> just fantastic. As do I, by the way. I do. I love. Now I'm it. hungry again, you damn I'm woman. Really hungry. Oh, all right. We gotta quit talking about food <laughs> now. It's five zero three two two eight. 4101 coming up at the uh, top of the hour. We'll check in with our good friend Buzz. He is at the KUFO Survive It and Drive It contest. They're, they're eating right now. Oh, God. How can you eat in that vehicle? Are they eating inside yum, yum. of the car? Yes, they are. Uh, well, I mean, I guess I guess if they can forget the cameras are there, which they clearly have, by the way. I mean, that's you always hear that. that you know, you would, People talk about reality shows or the real world or something, and they'll say, like, well, you know, with a camera on you, obviously it's, you know, people are playing it up for the camera. And... It, and the response is always, well, that if a camera's on you for a long enough period of time, you'll forget that it's there. 
I think this is true because they must... Ugh. Oh my god, Do you, can you see that the back window is all steamed up? Yeah, I mean, they, oh, they must at this point have not only forgotten that they're on camera, but they must, they, they, I, by definition, I don't think that Katie and Jessica can smell what the inside of that truck uh, is like. And yes, on this, I'm looking at the camera that is on Katie, and I can tell just how hot and steamy the inside of that truck is just by looking, because I can see the condensation running down the inside of the back window. She's chewing her coffee. Yes, she is, Tim. Uh, so we'll uh, check in with Buzz at 7 o'clock. We'll have a major announcement, by the way, that you don't want to miss. We'll have a major, major, major announcement uh, about Survive It and Drive It coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, as well as uh, your shot at tickets to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat next coming Saturday. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 647. The forecast calls for rain, maybe even thunderstorms after 11 o'clock this morning. Going to be cloudy today, temperatures topping off in the upper 50s. Fall has arrived. The rest of the week looks familiar. Cloudy, chance of rain, typical Oregon weather. So the fall is officially here. So Portland International Airport really isn't international anymore. You can't fly to Mexico. And used to be able to fly to Tokyo, Amsterdam, places like that. Are those days gone, Tim? Well, now the mayor is pushing for a $300,000 donation to Delta to convince them to keep alive their remaining international flights. So you can still fly international with Delta, but might have to sweeten the deal with 300000 It's going to be a gift. Wait, so the last time, uh, I was going to the last time, of the many times I've traveled overseas, so when I flew to, uh, when I flew to Europe, I guess I flew Delta maybe, because I flew nonstop from here to, um, I guess it wasn't nonstop, it was from here to New York, New York to England, but... So if you want to travel uh, internationally from Portland, would that if Delta were to leave, would that mean that you were obliged to go to, like, Seattle or yeah. something? Oh, that would suck. Now, the port and the state recently gave Delta $3.5 million to keep the airline's direct flights going. But that expires May 2010. I'm sure so that, they're going to want more money to be bribed with. I'm sure it, that's not going to be... bribing uh, people, they'll stay here. I'm sure that's not going to be an ongoing situation. In no way will Delta just continually have their hand out, like, until the end of time. That's great. So as long as we keep giving people money, things will be fine. Well, why don't we just offer another, like, instead of offering Delta three hundred grand, why don't we offer another airline slightly less than that? And say, look, you know, hey, uh, you know, United, whoever, you know, we'll give you two hundred grand, which is two hundred, you know, which is a hundred thousand less than we're going to offer Delta, but it's two hundred more than you're not getting now. Mm-hmm. It seems like maybe we ought to, uh, I mean, if we're going to have bribes, why can't we have some competitive bidding for our graft and corruption? Not that it's corrupt. Not that I think Sam Adams is involved with whatever be less than above Never. board. Here's Tim Riley. Never. So uh, let's talk about uh, Roman Polanski, shall we? Because he is in the news. And uh, he is actively working to be released from a Swiss jail where he's been held since Saturday. The Oscar-winning movie director was arrested on a more than 30-year-old warrant from Los Angeles for having sex with a 13-year-old girl in 1977. His agent, Jeff Berg, appeared on the Today Show moments ago to explain why uh, Polanski should be released and why he is not a risk to anyone. Well, first of all, Roman has had a house in Switzerland for over 12 years. He, uh, he travels there openly and freely and transparently. But uh, my understanding is the, uh, the, uh, the defense counsel in Zurich right now will be making their arguments against extradition, and Roman is going to contest this. Don't, here's a weird thing. I, uh, He's not a flight risk. I, that's just stupid. That's, that's just retarded for the guy to say that. 
I mean, especially when you consider the fact that the warrant for his arrest that we've had out for like 30 years is not actually for the crime itself. It's not actually for the, you know, raping and the drugging and the uh, so forth and the, the sodomy. It actually is because... It, like he ran from the man the last time. I mean, it's because he he uh, he got in a plane and fled the country. So that is actually why we nailed him. But don't you think, in a weird way, as much as this has nothing to do with anything in the world of contemporary politics, that they have to find a way to get him back here? And and it, I don't know what the next step is. Whether they put him on trial here for for evading prosecution or for flight or whatever the actual charge was. Whatever it is they're going to do, don't you think they have to find a way to get him back here? Because otherwise, the Obama administration has to find a way to do it. Because otherwise, there will somebody somewhere will find a way to say, Obama administration, Europe, liberalism, Roman Polanski, your children at risk. Right? I mean, the Obama administration can't be the ones to let him sort of slip out of the noose, or else they will totally, they will hang that around Next the Obama folks forever. around your schoolyard. That's exactly what <laughs> President Obama's administration worked with Europe to keep convicted child molester Roman Polanski free and on the streets. Socialist Europe. <laughs> yes, I mean, that's, that's it. So, that, I mean, that is what's going to cook that guy's goose more than anything else. So, all right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, here's something new and different. There's a new crackdown at Tepsh University, and more could follow. It's a crackdown of the X-rated variety. The college's new guest policy, revised from last year, now includes a section that bars students from engaging in sexual activity while their roommates are present. A Tufts University spokesman said the 8,500-student university has filled in about a dozen complaints from frustrated students who say they've been put in comfortable situations where their roommates have entertained guests. Where is this at? Uh, this is outside of Boston. That happened to uh, to me in college. Well, yeah, we, we, my roommate would. Yeah. Well, you lived in a sorority, right? I did, but um, no, my freshman year though, I lived in the dorms, and Your roommate was like humping it out while you were in bed, humping it out with her boyfriend while. Did I they was... at least try to be quiet? I mean, in I other words, so. like, was it a thing where you could just tell because there was sort of the. No, there were other noises. It was gross. That's, that's so disgusting. It was really disgusting, and you know, plus I'm like you know five feet away from her. It's like I'm, you know, I'm right here. You could at least ask me to go to the cafeteria, the library. Yeah. Never mind. I'll just okay. I'm gonna turn on my itty bitty book light. If you just that's when I started sleeping with earplugs every night. Yeah, because you did the, the earplugs, and then like some sort of a white noise generator. So, what do you mean you caught your roommate in your bed? What your roommate wear in college? Yeah, in where, college. Where'd you go to college? I went to college at Oregon State. All right, and so what do you mean? Like you came back? Like you? Hey, here I am, home early. Wah! Yeah, basically. Yeah, my first term I lived in the dorms, and then I ended up living in a fraternity for a while too. But uh, yeah, my first term I lived in the dorms. I came home from some night out, and there's my roommate and his girlfriend. In it was a dorm, so it was like a bunk bed. They're in my bed, and I'm like, what the hell are you doing in my bed? Apparently, they didn't have enough blankets, so they just. Crawled into my bed. Oh, God. who's oh, been humping was... in my bed? Yeah, it uh, it turned into be quite a fiasco. Uh, I was not happy. Well, no, because then you just gotta like you gotta wash everything in the hottest water you oh, can yeah. possibly find like a hundred times. Oh, I couldn't sleep in that bed anymore. No, <laughs> that, no that wasn't happening. <laughs> it was a big mattress fire in the hallway. Awesome. All right, uh, straight ahead, we'll talk to Don Taylor from uh, Movies.com later on. Dax Holt from TMZ, your shot of Motorhead tickets, and a major announcement about surviving and driving coming at 8 o'clock. So be listening for that. More news from Tim Riley on the way as well. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. It is Tuesday morning. Stay right there. We return momentarily. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO, Portland.
It's a Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for drawing near and being entertained by our glib wit this morning. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. In just moments, we'll go out to our good friend Buzz, who is at Survive It and Drive It at uh, Dick and Dodge, the giant Vancouver Automall, the corner of uh, 4th Plain and Automall Drive, uh, right there in Vancouver. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines for you on this Tuesday morning. Well, Oregon schools will stay open despite the heightened risk of the swine flu. It's coming soon, possibly to your home. Uh, David Hasselhoff's daughter begs a 911 operator, please don't send help to our house. He's fine, really. Really? Really. Really. We're going to play the 911 call, and Hitler's skull is missing. Okay. By the way, I no, no, no. See, because if I make any observations, I'm just going to get ourselves totally off track. Exactly. I, I will say this one thing. If you go to rickemerson.com, you can now see the video of Conan O'Brien's head hitting the floor. Speaking of skulls, Greg, did you watch that? It's on mine, too. It's awesome. Yes, I've watched it. It's that is it's cringe inducing. It, watching that thing, you, you can you just do, you feel it. I yeah. mean, it's like you can just you can hear his occipital lobe just kind of go up against the inside of his uh, the inside of his head. I mean, it's it's altogether awful. Sarah, don't you feel a little bit left out that you haven't watched it? Nope. You really should watch it. <laughs> you, I mean, it'll I'm be, totally okay. Come on, it'll you know it'll bring us closer together. No, I do not. No, I I had a, a situation where I almost smashed my head on the pavement once because one of my drunk friends jumped on me, and I don't like watching that. So. Yeah, so he didn't need drunk friends to do that. He just needed to run across the stage in slick shoes, uh, you know, right across some tile with Terry Hatcher right behind him. The worst part is how his head hits the ground and then bounces back up like it was one of those like super ball things you get out of the vending machine at the uh, at the supermarket. It's just. It's so, fr- and then I guess he, I guess he falls. He hits his head on the stage. You can see this at uh, RickEmerson.com or RileyLive.com. He uh, slips on his back. Bam! Head hits the, t- and it's like that slick, smooth tile as well, like the kind that's in like a lobby entrance, you know, uh, like a big building, like in your bank or whatever. I guess they went to a break. He came back out to try to film the next segment, and he, you know, he gets those little blue three by five cards that all the late night talk show hosts have. And I think he was trying to read them, and he couldn't even read them. And he was just, and my next, and he was a lot of gibberish. So they came out, and they asked him what year it was. And I think the best he could say was, he goes, well, I know it's not 2011. And then, and I think they just cut it at that point, and they, and they, they dragged him out. This gets up off the floor. Are you okay? Yeah, it's bad. Let's hear a slow motion replay of what happened right there. Is that what please? Ugh. Yeah, it's it's yeah. You can watch the whole thing. It's uh, it'll yeah, it'll it'll give you a headache. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. In mere moments, we will be joined by Don Taylor from Movies dot com. Hello, Don Taylor. Hello. How are you today? I'm fine. I didn't hit my head on the floor. So. Man, that video is uh, it's it's quite something. You really ought to uh, you really ought to watch it five Sometimes or six thousand times. Sometimes the show can't go on. That's the, it's true. What are we uh, what are we going to be speaking about, Don Taylor? Today, uh, DVD releases all about monsters. Some of them animated. Some of them puppets. Awesome. It's that time once again. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Our good friend Buzz is on site outside a vehicle that reeks of death and Holy bad crap. perfume. Is it day number eight? Yes, yes, day it is. Number eight? Well, well, wait a minute. This is like counting down when the millennium happens. I don't know if it's day number eight or not. Is it still? It's not still day number seven. It is yep. day eight. Yeah, it is day eight. eight. Because, yeah, Monday. Would Monday be to Monday is seven, and then today's eight. All right. I mean, going inside the porta potties must be a picnic compared to uh, getting a whiff outside that truck right now. Uh, Katie and Jessica claim I'll allow you that they claim that they cannot actually smell the inside of the truck. In other words, that they are not cognizant of, of the, how bad it reeks inside there. Have you uh, have you gotten a whiff of the rather uh, unique aroma that is decorating the inside of that vehicle? 
I would say no. You should do that right now. Buzz, you've got to. You got to. I bet you'd love that. Take one for the team. Let me just say, last time I did that, I smelled it for hours. Wait, when was the last time you smelled the inside of the truck? You're not getting me in the truck. No, I'm just saying. Like, when was when was the last time? When was the last time you smelled the inside? What was I about uh, four days ago? Oh, you see, you have that's nothing. That's like, that's like with training wheels. Uh, you don't you don't know. You no man should smell what I smelled yesterday. But but you should right now. Just just one little just just like half a breath. There's no getting in the truck. No, you're no, 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 just to no, 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 no. You can just you can just put your head inside the uh, no, either no, the passenger no, or the no. driver's side window. No, I can smell it just fine. You know, somebody's not being a team player, Buzz. I don't feel you can actively convey to the audience at home. How are you going to create convincing theater of the mind Buzz. if you yourself are not privy to the aroma? Exactly. When you come and do smells like the nineties, I smell pizza. I smell air freshener. I hear crickets. The flashing lights, it's all there. You hear crickets? Can, you, the... put the, can you put the mic in the car? Let's go see. All right. So we're, uh... I think it smells like the 90s, the 80s, this the 70s, the 60s, the, the 50s, all put together. <laughs> <laughs> no, all I hear is that song going over and over now. So is the, um, uh, the, is the music being piped directly into the truck right now? Oh, yeah, we threw the speaker in there because the lovely neighbors of uh, Clark County here were getting upset. All right, so I would like to point out, look, I don't want to be one to kvetch on the air, but, you know, we went to the trouble of buying 45 crickets yesterday and putting them in the truck, which and it sort of obviates the point if somebody then took the speaker out of the bed of the truck and put it inside the cab with the two girls. That does That does have a tendency to diminish the effect of said crickets. All right. Clearly, the right hand is not speaking to the left hand in terms of auditory distress. But it doesn't stop the crickets from trying to crawl into their mouths or noses while they sleep. That is true. No, now that is a good point. That mm-hmm. Once the crickets are in the vehicle, uh, we chose crickets, by the way. So, Lara, I went home and Lara's like, why didn't you go with spiders? And I said, well, because spiders are you know dangerous. And she goes, well, they're in pipe, the, 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 the spiders that are non-biting, which I think she was just making up. I don't think that's actually true. Um but the deal with the crickets, of course, is that you can't sleep with your mouth open, and then you got to have a... I mean, I would be afraid that they were going to crawl into my nose or uh, some other area on my body and well, cause some kind of... I have long hair, and one of my biggest fears is getting a bug tangled in my hair. Can I just tell you this? I did this one time. Uh, I don't know how long the spider had been in my hair, but when oh. I was, uh, I don't know, maybe 17, 18... I don't know, I was walking, it was, I was still living at home in Kennewick, and I was walking in the hallway at one point, and it's like, I kept feeling that, and it's the sort of thing that's retrospectively terrifying, because you know how long it was there. I kept feeling this weird tickle near my ear, and I thought it was like, I thought it was like a stray long hair or something that got wrapped around my glasses, or that was just brushing against me, and I kind of kept brushing it with my left, my left hand, and finally, I was walking down the hallway of my home, and there was a big mirror in the hallway, and I stopped and be like, well, what in the hell is that? And I looked in the mirror, and there's just a huge spider on the side of my head, and its legs were sort of brushing my ear. I mean, that's an image that'll... I can, I can picture that like it was yesterday. That's an image that'll stay with you uh, forever. So God forbid you should fall asleep in the truck, and then you wake up and a cricket has crawled inside your brain. And God forbid that that cricket decides to, uh, I don't know, start a new family once inside your head. I mean, that would be... That would end so badly, I can't okay. even imagine it. Well, Buzz, uh, is there any way to turn down the speaker in the truck so that we can see if the crickets are singing? Turn the speaker down. I don't think a cricket would be cricketing this time of the day. It's well, it's like... hard to tell though because of the, do they know what time it is? Yes. Because there was a tarp over the uh, over the truck, right? At there least was. at one there point to block out more. some of the the natural light. But there are still like two tents over the truck, though. And I don't think crickets no. just uh, chirp during, during at night. I think they're they're like uh, it's like around the clock, isn't it? I don't think so. I get we're not really entomologists. Light in the sunlight, it's not working out. There's no All right. Do you yeah. see them crawling around in there though? Oh. <laughs> 
between all the trash? No. No, I mean, oh, and that's I, unnerving too because you know there are 45. No, there are mountains of trash in there. I see a sandwich in here, Slurpee cups. I mean, it's it's all. Yeah, it's kind of like Richard Scary Town in in hell. Yeah. It must have been too much with their tiny nostrils. Yes, so they've, they've started to seek refuge. All right, so we are going to be uh, checking in at eight o'clock. Uh, Buzz will do another uh, sort of look see into uh, the vehicular ongoings and see what's happening. And we're going to have a major announcement that people weren't going to be listening for uh, at eight o'clock about survive it and drive it as well. So, oh, it's snowing at Timberline right now. The cheetah is the fastest animal on Earth. That's Buzz at Survive It and Drive It. Coming up next, Don Taylor from Movies.com. More from Tim Riley. Dax Holt from TMZ on the way as well. And your chance at tickets to see Motorhead. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show right here from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Rock 101 KUFO Survive It and Drive It. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's. Lazy Boy Furniture. Jackson's Food Stores. And 7-Up. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. I can take or leave him. It's okay. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This text message says, Rick, about the crickets in the Survive It and Drive It truck, let's not assume even those bugs have any interest in crawling inside those available orifices. You know what I'm talking about, says Dan. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate that. It's 503-228-4101. You can also uh, text if you like at 52051. Coming up at 8 o'clock, we will check in uh, with Buzz once again, and we will have a major announcement about the Surviving and Driving Contest, uh, which is ongoing. Tim and Greg will be out there this afternoon. Am I right? Yes. Four to six. We're going to be looking for crickets. Do you guys have any? Now, are you past the point of trying to come up with some sort of auditory assault that's going to drive them out of you? Are you just zen with the fact that that's not going to work? Well, the auditory assault, I mean, as much work as I put into that, it, it really doesn't seem to affect them. Your return the on investment was minimal there. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got a couple other ideas. All right, that, so you don't... Uh, are, are in the works that I'd rather not reveal on the air. All right, you don't want to give those away like as of as of now. All yes. right, no, fair enough. Now, we tried all kinds of things up to uh, and including, let's see, uh, where is the... We had the... Sarah's my computer up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, up to and including this thing that doesn't work. Well, that's awesome. Okay. It's 503-228-4101. Don Taylor now joining us from Movies.com. Good morning, Don Taylor. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I just have to say, though, Tim had mentioned earlier that the crickets were probably hiding because they couldn't stand the stench in the truck with their tiny nostrils. Yes. Crickets, I don't don't believe crickets actually have uh, nostrils. They're bugs. Bugs don't have noses. Of course they do. How else would they smell things? I don't know, but I don't it's, think it's in your face. I, I, I do not you think have, insects have noses. It's from the suction cups on their feet. Yes. I don't think they, they have, have suction cups. No, everyone stop. They don't have suction cups on their feet. They don't have noses on suction cups because they don't have suction cups. And of course they must have nostrils because they smell things. I, you're thinking of octopi, uh, Tim. You're thinking of, uh, you're thinking of squid. Octopi. Right, but I mean, but they don't have suction cups. That doesn't, that wouldn't... I don't think anything that doesn't live in the water has suction cups. I, they have like little barbs, don't they? Isn't that how crickets? Uh, isn't that how they crawl walls? Barbs? Yeah, and then like spiders, they have like little, uh, uh, like little hairs that have little, you know, almost like little crampon things on them. I'm, I'm fairly sure though they don't have actual nostrils. I, but don't they breathe? Yes, but they probably they have like uh, gills. Gills. <laughs> Like a fish. <laughs> Are the gills next to the suction cups? All right. Uh, it's good yeah, to see that. What, spiracles? It's good, to get, it's good to see that we've all mastered science in this room. My husband's off in the corner, like, trying to be Mr. Uh, Mr. Biology Guy, going, spiracles. How else would they detect uh, sense if they, didn't, if they didn't have nostrils, if they didn't smell? 
Maybe that's not one of their senses. Well, fish can smell things, and they don't have nostrils. Fish, what is the... Do they smell through their gills? Do fish... Uh, uh, that's a good question, actually. Do fish smell things as such? Yes. How can there be... You're just guessing. <laughs> Look at you. She's bluffing. You're totally making that up. Fish, I don't think you could smell anything in the water at all. I, because that, they, that, they that, that doesn't make any sense. Yep. No, but... <laughs> like, sharks smell blood, don't they? Yes. Yes. All right, but okay, but sharks have nostrils. Sharks do have nostrils. In your face. You continue to be wrong. I continue to be right. A shark is not a fish. I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. This is freaking me out. Oh, okay. A shark is a fish. That I was wrong about. I mean, here's a dumb question. Is it possible for fish to drown? Like a shark? Could a shark drown somehow? Like it it breathes? Well, can we die from having too much air? Um, Well, I guess if I were to, like, jam a hose into you or something. But, I mean, like a fish, though... But I guess it's impossible because they don't have lungs, right? Or do fish have lungs? Fish have lungs. No, fish don't have lungs. Fish have... Oh, God, now I'm confused. Oh, this show just makes everyone uh, dumber. Everything I know is wrong! That's All what right. we're supposed to do here. Yes. Oh, and by the way, just speaking of everything I know is wrong, so we were talking about surviving and driving earlier, and somebody said, uh, Barry says, by the way, surviving and drive it, it's day nine. Sunday was day seven. And I, you know, here's the thing. I don't even care enough to go back and count on my fingers and see if yep. that's true. So, no, you know, he's right. It is nine. So they started on Monday. Today's Tuesday. And yet it's day nine? Yeah. That seems Because if it started wrong. on Monday at 7 a.m., it's been now nine days. You know what? Here's the thing. I'm just going to assume Tuesday. you're right because it hurts my brain too much to even try to do the basic sums. No, it's been eight point. days. See, I, that's what I'm saying. I can't. <laughs> I, I can't wait. Hip. I can't do that in the fish nostril thing at once. Wow. It's going to cause me cerebral collapse. Crickets hear through their feet. Did you know that? The suction cups? No, there's no is, suction cups. They, I don't know have, how strongly I can make tim- this point. They have tympanic membranes below the middle joints of their front legs. This is this enables them to hear the songs of other crickets. I wouldn't want noses on my feet. Those are ears on your feet. Moving forward. The suction cups on your nose. Ah! Hi, Don. How are you this morning? I'm good. Thanks so much. What's new in the world of DVD releases, Don Taylor? Um, well, uh, <laughs> uh, one uh, really terrific DVD release we have today is Monsters vs. Aliens. I never saw that. That was the it's like a it's the non Pixar film, right? right? It's from yeah. DreamWorks, okay. who also did uh, Shrek and Madagascar and a Shark Tale, but we don't talk about that one. And Kung Fu Panda, which goes but, um, Monsters vs. Aliens. Um, it's about a woman, young woman played whose voice is done by Reese Witherspoon. She's hit by a meteorite and becomes this 50-foot-tall monster, and she is immediately like captured by the government and sent to a top-secret facility where she meets a group of other monsters who are being uh, warehoused by the government. Uh, Missing Link, who is a mammal-reptile-human hybrid, uh, played by Will Arnett. Uh, Dr. Cockroach, played by Hugh Laurie. Uh, and Bob, who is a cheerful, gelatinous blob, who's voiced by Seth Rogen. And then uh, aliens come. Uh, an alien named Glaxar, uh, who's played by Rain Wilson, wants to uh, destroy the Earth. And so uh, the government has no choice but to send the monsters out to battle the aliens. Now, the thing that I've noticed, the difference between Pixar films and DreamWorks films, is that DreamWorks tends to load up all their movies with a lot of pop culture yeah. references. Whereas Pixar sort of aims for like the classic, timeless, like cannot be pinned to one era or another uh, sort of thing. Yeah, they also DreamWorks is also, uh, as you can see, they're also really heavy with the celebrity right, voices right. that kids don't really care who's who's doing the voice. So that's all for our benefit for the ground. Like the uh, the head military guy is uh, General W R Munger, 
played by Kiefer Sutherland. Right. I mean, like a kid doesn't care that you know, no. the Joe Bluth is doing so the, you know, the voice of somebody. But the, yeah, it is very funny. It is very well done. It's really clever. And it's also, um, if listeners have kids, it's also a really good movie for kids because even though it's about monsters and aliens, it's not scary at all. It's all very funny. And uh, when I saw it, uh, the theater was full of small children and they just adored it. And the adults didn't hate it either. I mean, it is actually really, really good. It is. I mean, I don't have kids, so I don't really have to worry about this. But trying to find something that is entertaining for uh, for parents that your kids will watch or trying to find something your kids like that is not going to turn your brain into just some, you know, it is not just going to liquefy your intelligence. It can be challenging. I think the big animated uh, animation companies now are really, though, they, they know that the adult audience is huge for their, their movies. Because, like, Monster House, for example, I think we were talking about that on Saturday. Monster House is... More for adults, I think, than for kids. Right. It's actually kind of on the scary side. Uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, which is out right now, which looked incredibly stupid from the ads, is actually really funny and really clever. I've actually I've heard good things about it. I had I had dismissed it out of hand because it just seemed like it was targeted at like the twelve and below set. But I've heard such good reviews that I'm yeah, hoping it's, to see it. It's very very smart. And then in uh, a kind of really, if people are putting together their Blu-ray collections, upgrading from regular old flat. Is that a thing I should be buying? Because I don't have. Well, here's the thing: I don't have an HD TV no. uh, at this point. I still got the kind with the tube, and the way. And you know what? And then that, that's, that suits me fine. I'm going to yeah. use it until it falls apart. No. Should should I though? At some point, like when I make the transition, if I start buying a bunch of Blu-ray stuff now, are they just going to take that away in like a year, and I'm going to be screwed again? It's the new laser disc. <sighs> that see, that's my thing. Is like I'll get it. It'll be like you know, it'll, it'll be like the mini disc player or something. Yeah. And I'll start to get a catalog, and then they'll just you know. I have no idea. That, that I I don't know. That's the thing. I you know. First of all, I'm not a tech geek. I don't know. I know that people are pretty much of the. Eventually, we are yeah going to lose things on discs because you're going to be watching everything like streaming or online. Or yeah, something. it is yeah. all digital. So eventually, it's all going to be downloadable. I mean, can't you even see the pores in the dirt in people's hands and just too much hairs in people's nose and some of it is yeah. Next, it's going to be like you can see through people like X-ray specs. Well, I figure that I won't adopt any technology until my mom is familiar with it because that's when it's got enough market <laughs> penetration that they can't just get rid of it overnight. Well, if you were going to do so, if you did have a giant TV in HD and you were doing Blu-ray, uh, Labyrinth and Dark Crystal have both come to Blu-ray. Today. Labyrinth and so, Dark Crystal on Blu-ray, Sarah. Ooh, so like if, I'm getting a Blu-ray I'm just saying, thing. Sarah <laughs> and I are Blu-ray. We're in the same. Tim, you don't have an HD TV, do you? I don't. I have an old-fashioned TV. Yeah, we're all just a cheap bastards. Like. Greg? Yeah. HD? No, I don't have one. Really? That, see, that surprises me. I figured you would be the one guy. Because I, I thought for some reason, because of sports, you'd be wanting to watch stuff in HD. I, I have a big screen TV, one that I got off of Craigslist, so it's like several 10 years old. Is so it huge? Is it like the kind of Showtime pizza that's got the three like big light guns that point to you know, red, yellow, and blue or whatever? Exactly. The, it weighs like 1,500 pounds. Awesome. Yeah. That is those. fantastic. Nice. Well done. So we I, are. Com- I have an RCA Space Command television. It's so old. <laughs> really? Does it have a magic seeing eye on the side of it so you can adjust volume without getting up? It's hidden in the closet. It's too big to put in. I could never get rid of it. Hey, he, put, he puts that screen over the front so that the blue gels. on the top and green on the bottom my, so it looks like stuff's in color. My dad had one of those that he'd, he'd hung on to at some point. I guess it was. I don't even know when they did that. Like with the 60s or something? In the 50s. And it was like a big gel that you would. It was like a piece of saran wrap that you would put over the screen. And it really only worked if you were watching golf. Because of this, the gel was blue at the top, tan in the middle, and green on the bottom. So if you were going to be, you know, if you're going to be watching a guy try to hit a par four, then it made sense. Otherwise, it just they just they, they looked insane. So, uh, well, in any event, so that so let's just disregard the entire Blu-ray discussion then, yeah. because we're all yeah. obviously just such cheap penny pinching bastards that it's never going to be uh, never going to be an issue. 
Yeah. Well, I figure at some point I, you know, when I find a giant sack of money and I buy the big fancy TV, I'll probably get like a PS3 or something that has the Blu-ray player in it. And then, well, and I think uh, like with the Xbox, I think Microsoft, they're doing that thing. They have that deal with Netflix where they're going to be like streaming if they don't already streaming like HD stuff directly to your TV. And the thing is, they're almost leveraging me into that now, because like with Mad Men, for example, they will send down the HD feed of Mad Men three hours before the regular version. And I can get the And it's so frustrating because I can get the sound, but not the picture. Oh. And so I'll just sit there and I'll, you know, I'll hear, uh, you know, like on Sunday, I'll hear the, you know, the, the voice of Duck Phillips saying, I want to take off your clothes with my teeth. You know, and I'm just like, what? What is happening? I can't. Ah. So it's I like the didn't. old days when your parents had cable, but they didn't get the porn channels. Totally. And you're like watching, like flicker. Oh, I saw a boob. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad to know that you and I were both looking for the boob. By the way, no, you'd sit there and go. No, I think it's a. I think it's a, I think that's a, I think that's a nipple. No, it's a freckle. I can't tell what that is. What is it? And then you do that thing of like we had the sliding cable box, and you try to put it between channels. Because we heard somewhere that if you put it between channels, that somehow you could get... And then it would do this frustrating thing of, like, freezing for about four seconds, just long enough for you to see some some kind of something or other, and then it would just be lost you know, to you again. I saw hips thrusting. Oh, now it's gone. <laughs> Indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, by the way, and you'll be, uh, you'll be pleased to note that after your, uh, your column uh, on the movies.com where you said that you would never watch and would never watch Schindler's List. Yeah, and Cinematical. The, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry, and Cinematical, that you were in fact given uh, Schindler's List for your birthday. Yes, your, so. your friend and now my friend Siegfried uh, came to my birthday party on Saturday. Are you going to watch it? Well, I have it in my house now. You have to. I it's a birthday present. It's, it's a, a birthday You can't present. not. Oh. So now ha- I, have to, I have to watch Schindler's List. Happy birthday. Here's something about the Holocaust. Right. <laughs> Don Taylor. Read her at cinematical.com and movies.com. Straight ahead. More from Tim Riley coming up at 8 o'clock. Dax Holt from TMZ and a major announcement about Survive It and Drive It. Plus your shot of tickets to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat this Saturday at the Roseland. You stay right there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. This is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's Tuesday. Don't go anywhere. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 8 o'clock. And we'll have a major announcement regarding Survive It and Drive It. I just want to be uh, listening for that. It's 503-228-4101-503-228-4101. It's sometime uh, before 9 o'clock. You're shot at a pair of passes to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, right now, at this very moment, though, we are going to uh, be giving away a pair of passes for you to see the KUFO premiere of Zombieland from Columbia Pictures, starring Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin. That is Thursday, October uh, 1st at 7 p.m. Lloyd Cinemas. And, of course, there's going to be actual zombies on hand from Fright Town and the Haunted Attraction opening October 3rd Memorial Coliseum. So if you would like to see Zombieland, but you're getting really great reviews, and I was sort of skeptical about it. I, I really want to see that. I, I guess I do at this point because I've heard enough uh, uh, positive word of mouth on it. When I first saw the trailer, I was uh, I was not enthused. But uh, Zombieland is going to be uh, premiering um, on the third boat. We're going to have uh, our sort of sneak preview of it October 1st, 7 p.m. Lloyd Cinemas. If you were a caller, 10 at 503-228-4101. And we'll be able to go see that courtesy of KUFO. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 747. 
Expect a thunderstorm at some point today, possibly after 11 o'clock. It looks like the fall is here. Daytime highs only in the 60s, overnight lows in the 40s in some spots. And right now it is snowing at Timberline Lodge. A Multnomah County grand jury has given three men $175,000 after being falsely arrested by Portland police. Their attorney claims they were falsely stereotyped as, quote, bad black men, unquote. The three were detained while cops searched their car and thought they had a stolen handgun, which they did not. More people than ever enjoyed the Puyallup County Fair this year, and why shouldn't they? A million two hundred thousand showed up through the turnstiles in search of fun. That's 19,000 more than last year, and the best part of all? They didn't let some escaped convicts loose at this one. There was no thrill killing from a guy who was on a field trip from a mental institution. You know, the day seems a little bit less fun now and boring without a incest story. So let's continue with the one that we have. Uh, actress Bayou Phillips, as uh, blaming her half-sister Mackenzie for ruining her relationship with her dad, Mackenzie Shockfan. Daddy always liked you best. Well, it says, when I was young, my sister told me about this, about the incest part, and it ruined my life and my relationship with my father. Up until that point, I was a pretty normal kid. Oh, it ruined her life. Yeah. I understood that. So she's so she's pissed off because Mackenzie Phillips had sex with her dad after being uh, molested by her father. Had the had the tactlessness to actually reveal that to the sister. Yes. Okay. So because she told her this, she got bad grades. Really? Mm-hmm. God, Bijou Phillips is she, vapid. She stopped loving her horse. What? Oh, horse. Mm, horse. Wait, what? Well, she loved her horse before this, and after that, she did not. I was. Are you making this up? No, I'm reading this. I was all. I was too busy trying to tell whether you said horse or horse. But actually, none of them make any sense. Neither of those words really uh, has any context that would make it she, sensical. I started doing drugs. Did not talk to my dad anymore. I was deeply effed up. I'm 29 now. I've talked to everyone who's around during that time. I've asked some hard questions. I do not believe my sister. Uh, our father is many things, and this is not one of them. Uh, my dad and I made up when I was 20, a year before he died. I'm sad I lost those years with him, and I lost those years at home. So now the the Phillips family seems to be split into two camps. There's the camp that says, oh, yeah, no, he was uh, giving it to her all the time, and I knew about it for 20 years. And the camp that, which I think is just made up of Bijou Phillips at this point, that says that so, it didn't happen. Right. So now she's blaming her sister for ruining the relationship with her father and her horse. And her horse. Well, we were, after the show the other day, we were talking about it. I forget who it was. It might have been Panic or somebody said, he was making the observation. He said, well, I was. I watched that Mama's and the Papa's reunion, and Mackenzie and John did seem to sit very close to one another. Oh, unnaturally close to one another. Which, maybe that's a thing you're just seeing, like, in, in retrospect, but... Uh, all right. No, he said that he was thinking about it, though, when, when he was watching it. Yeah, it's, 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 it all, they always seem to sit uncomfortably close together. I mean, it's just it is just like the weirdest story. And it's weird how it is strange the speed with which these things develop. Because like a week ago, if you'd asked me this, like I on the list of stories that I thought we would be talking about, like this would not have been in the top 5,000. I, I, in fact, I can remember exactly where I was when I saw the headline about the Mackenzie Phillips thing in the first place. I was sitting in my green chair at home in my home office, and I was doing my just a cursory check of, my, of the news stories before I go to bed. Uh, the last thing I do is I kind of just check to see if any, see if there's been a celebrity death. And I saw the headline in Google. It's like, Mackenzie Phillips says I had sex with my father. And I, I got this weird sort of sensation of like, at once, sort of, and this is awful to say, but you know what I'm talking about. I said at once, wondering if I'd read it incorrectly, 
but then really hoping it was true. Uh, just because, I mean, just because it's such a mind-blowing, unbelievable story. I'm like, oh, please let that be true. We don't have anything to talk about tomorrow. This will, this will give us fodder for days. And then, of course, and lo and behold, it and, has. And, and yesterday, it really seemed dull without a, a fresh story about well, this. Well, because we've become used to it, Tim. It's we need uh, fresh incest stories. It's <laughs> every day. I demand you bring me fresh incest stories every day and your finest meats and cheeses. It's kind of like the stench in the vehicle, you know, where you get used to it after a while and it just comes to be expected. And suddenly, if it's gone, um, there's a cold spot in your heart where the warm incest blanket once was. I mean, it makes the David Hasselhoff story seem like horse and buggy days, doesn't it? Let's talk about that David Hasselhoff story for a second, because that also doesn't make any sense to me. So apparently the last time that uh, the paramedics were called... When we last left the Hasselhoffs. Mm -hmm. His daughter called 911 back and said, No, please don't send anybody over here. Everything is just fine. Please, please, ignore the uh, last call that you got from somebody. It wasn't me. This guy totally knows it's David Hasselhoff. He just wants her to Hold say on it. One second. Joe. Hello. Hi. And that's the dad's assistant, Joe. Joe doesn't really know how to use a phone all that well, does he? So He's who, not allowed near it. Who called nine one one? We don't know. I think they think it's the wife. So somebody called nine one one. And then the daughter called them back and said, don't come out here. Right. Wait a minute, didn't we have this story the other day, though, that like he was doing something that he was... Or was that last time? When that was, was the last time. When this was he is, passed out and couldn't eat a sandwich? Was that the last video where like she yeah. shot the footage of him and he's on the ground uh, like, Daddy can't eat a sandwich. Uh, and he's just, trying to shove the, uh, he's just trying to shove the food into his mouth and it's working out poorly. Mm. All right. Mm. I, can't even, I can't even keep track anymore. Let's she do, needs a, to do a new version of Daddy, Don't You Walk So Fast. Do, uh, Daddy, <laughs> Don't You. Daddy, we didn't don't do you. our daddy songs. No, no, we did not. Uh, maybe, I'll have, uh, maybe I'll have Ryan uh, White put that together for, uh, awesome. for tomorrow. Oh, you know what? I did uh, finally track down those. I did track down that Daddy's Cold Cold Sheets song Oh, that we had years ago. The um, We haven't been able to find that for like four years. Here's the thing. is, It's not as good as you remember. You'd be disappointed. It's uh, I listened to it. It's it's not le- nearly as good as we, as we remember it being. Is it a different being. version? No, it's the, it's the song. It's just not. You know, there was this song we, we had, and it's by the guy who wrote Dear Mr. Jesus. And he wrote this song called Survivor, uh, which is all about the... How she lost her innocence. Daddy's bad touch. and uh, But it contains the line, the night she lost her innocence between daddy's cold, cold sheets. And that's the part that we remember and have seized on. And the, the, the song is not nearly as amusing as I thought it was. I, uh, I sort of regret that I went back and listened to it. It should have just lived in our memories. Let's do one more here, and then we'll take a break. We'll come back at the top of the major Survive It and Drive It announcement. From Oki City comes word. The mother of a 14-year-old boy and another man are behind bars. After the teen told Oklahoma police he'd been kept in a locked bedroom closet for four and a half years. 37-year-old LaRonda McCall and 38-year-old Steve Hamilton taken into custody over the weekend and charged with child abuse and neglect. The boy, who was reportedly filthy, shoeless, skinny, hungry, and scarred from his neck and arms, went to a National Guard armory. That's where he escaped. 
The guard called police. The boy told authorities that his scars came from being hit with an extension cord, and he never attended school since moving to Oklahoma to be with his mother. McCall's seven other children, six of whom are minors, are now with the Human Services people. The officials say the other children showed no signs of abuse. McCall and Hamilton remain jailed on $400,000 bail. Jesus. Oh, speaking of, uh, of the, the skinny, pale, uh, injured children, so I finally finished The Road. Uh, oh, yeah. How did that go for you? You know, I could have read that book in a day because it's very, which is not about me so much as it is about the fact that it's a, it's a relatively short book. It, it is, as they say, a fast read. I started that book uh, the day I came back from New York, which would have been like six weeks ago. It took me six weeks just because I could only read about five pages at a stretch before I just wanted to kill myself. Uh, so, But I finished it yesterday. And it's just a, just a big punch in the junk is what that book is. So, and then I immediately uh, gave it to Lauren. I'm like, here, you have to start reading this now. And she said, well, all you did was complain about how depressing it was. I'm like, yes, now you have to read it. Uh, so then I, I was able to be alone. Once I finished it, I was able to go watch the trailer for the movie and the, the everything and the whatever. So uh, we're going to call that one of the best books I'm never, ever, ever going to read again. So enjoy, everybody. Straight ahead, we will talk to uh, Dax Holt from TMZ. We'll also have a major announcement for Survive It and Drive It. Plus, we'll talk to uh, Buzz, who is out there. We'll see if we can get him to take a, just like a, a good nose full of the stench on the inside of that vehicle. Be listening. We return next. Stay right there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland! It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Tim Riley is tracking these headlines for you on this Tuesday morning. It's a busy, busy day. Fall is here. We should have a thunderstorm at some point today. And other news, a man gets 18 months in jail for stealing a hot dog, and Hitler's skull is missing. See, I keep trying to do it. They saved Hitler's brain. But it's like they swapped Hitler's skull. They uh, The brain something. was already gone. Yeah, see, I can't figure out how to... Uh, Am I ridiculous, or I didn't think that we found any of Hitler? I'm sorry, I wasn't prepared for the... Uh, wasn't prepared for Hitler? I, okay, there's something going on with my uh, my computer over here. Let me try this like a third time. Hitler. I barely knew her. There we All go. Right. Uh, well, the story I always heard, the Hitler's skull thing, in search of Hitler's skull, this is one of those things like the Loch Ness Monster or whatever, where they, every couple of years they'll claim, or Jack the Ripper or D.B. Cooper, they claim to have the definitive answer. The latest version that I had heard, which I think is the one that's referring to, is that the is that the Soviet Union, when they when uh, the Allies went in and they stormed Hitler's bunker, the, the, the whatever bunker. I barely knew her. And they went and they found Hitler's uh, body. That the Soviets took his like head or something back to, to back to the USSR. And they it were was like, actually the Soviets because we weren't even there yet. And so who would have been who would have been running the Soviet Union at that point, Tim? Like forty five. Was it still Stalin? Yeah, Stalin didn't die until the early fifties. So they came back and they uh, said, the "Glorious leader, we have Hitler's head." And he went, "Great, See, put it in a jar over there." Was I asleep in school or something? Because I don't remember his body ever being found. Yeah, well, because there was, I think there was a lot of miscommunication. Although it turns out they may not have. Anyway, the, the, the accepted version, though, was that the Soviet Union had his skull in a drawer somewhere. Like in the Kremlin. And I was watching the Discovery Channel, like a reputable show, not like some uh, goofy Blair Witch show. It was uh, where they actually... I just watched Blair Witch last night. Because you and I were talking about that. And I was thinking about how they do these like pseudo documentaries. But it was like some guy in the Discovery Channel. He's like, and this. And he holds up and he said, this is Hitler's skull. But now they're saying it's not. They're saying it's the skull of a woman. Uh... Which I guess would explain a lot. It might uh, it might give some uh, reason for his constant annoyance with everything. It's 503-228-4101. 
<laughs> what is that supposed to mean? I'm just saying. No, I'm just saying, like, what if Hitler, like, if he had some weird, uh, sort of like if he had okay, a sexual, you're... like an issue of sexual confusion. I thought you were just talking about because he's a woman. Yes. <laughs> he's a woman, therefore. It's like, thanks, Rick. We just don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> I don't know what it Those is. Those irrational uh, bitches. The Fuhrer just seems especially unstable every third week. I do not understand why. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, if he was secretly a hermaphrodite or something or had some weird issue of, that like, gender worse. confusion, like, it, it, that would certainly, especially in those times, so that would like cause... Lady Gaga. Yes, he was the... the, Hitler, was the Hitler was the Lady Gaga of his time. <laughs> Lady Gaga's the Hitler of now. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, because the, there's that thing, what was it, uh, that German athlete that they discovered years later was a hermaphrodite, that chick that competed in the uh, in their Berlin Olympics in 36... And then they tried to they tried to do an investigation about whether or not she was a hermaphrodite. And she like got on a plane and fled the country and never came back. So that would actually explain a whole lot, though. If Hitler was just walking around going, "And I am the you know the master powerful, and I've got a vagina," you know, and if that would certainly be seeds for weirdness. Yes, he was a woman, Sarah, and that's why Hitler was crazy. <laughs> Tim thought that too. Well, now I have to know. So, are we going to have like an actual explanation later this hour about the nature of the skull? <laughs> yes, we will. All right, good. <laughs> Later on this hour, was Hitler a woman? Let's go to Survive It and Drive It at Dick Hannah Dodge. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It update. Live from Dick Hannah Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. We should just start saying that now that Hitler was actually a woman. That should this just show, become. This show never ceases to amuse. And he had suction cups on his feet. Hello, he had Buzz. Tiny little nostrils. Are... Well, that's true, Tim. You know what they say about men with tiny little nostrils. Hi, Buzz. I'm sorry for all the Hitler talk. How are you this morning? I have no Hitler issues this morning. Okay. So we are going to have a major announcement about Survive It and Drive It that we'll do in just a moment here. But uh, first of all, did you ever uh, get close enough to get a stench of the inside of the vehicle? Well, I'm in the in the uh, window, basically, so I can pretty much smell it, yeah. Now, Sarah, are you detecting the same wiggle room that I am here when he says I can pretty much smell it? I can it? somewhat yeah. smell it a little bit. You're not willing to take the plunge, are you, Buds? I'm right next to it. None of these are you these are really non answers. Have you put your head in the are vehicle the windows down? and taken a large the inhalation from inside? My head is in it. All right. Have you have you just given it a good like Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, see, this is, I feel like there's a bluffing going on here. All right. What is your assessment of the contestants cuz I'm I'm watching the webcam right now and it looks like uh, Jessica especially she's just got this just this this dead-eyed zombie uh thing going on. She she seems to uh to not be having a good time of it this morning. Well, they're pretty much beat down. So, I mean, I don't... Well, okay. Let me just do this then. We'll, uh, Sarah, do we have any dramatic music here? Do we have uh, some, sort of a, uh, some sort of a bed that we can put underneath this? Something that will lend it the appropriate air of gravitas? I shall try. All right. And we want to tell you right now that everybody's been following this. This is now in either its fifth or ninth or twelfth day, depending on which listener you ask and the, the, which version of the, uh, of the numbering system you use for time. But as we head on towards uh, the end of uh, today, which is Tuesday, all the way through Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, people have been asking, you know, how is this going to resolve itself? What kind of conclusion are we going to come to? And I can now make this announcement, ladies and gentlemen, about KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. Today at 3 p.m., that is today at 3 p.m., voting will commence. Online voting will commence today at 3 p.m., and that means that you will be able to go to KUFO.com, and you are going to be able to cast a vote for either Jessica or Katie. 
You are going to be able to cast your vote starting today at 3 p.m. at KUFO.com. Now, as part of that, coming up during the Court and Fat Boy show this afternoon, uh, Jessica and Katie are each going to be able to make a personal plea to you, the audience. They are going to be able to prepare a 90-second speech, a little presentation, a campaign pitch to try to secure uh, your vote. So, uh, Buzz, are we able to talk to, uh, to Katie and Jessica? Are we able to... Uh, Technical difficulties. Give me a brief version of why you should get the truck. I need it really badly. I don't have a vehicle, Who? and I'm a single mom. This is this is something I really, really need. All right. So, so that's okay. So that's Jessica that we're speaking to right there. So this is a uh, that's sort of her ad hoc uh, explanation as to why she needs it. That she's a single mom, doesn't have a vehicle, and so it's something that she actually needs. It is a uh, it is a crucial component of her life. Exactly, Katie. Why? Because my car is about to die, and when it goes, there goes my business. Now, uh, let she me ask. She doesn't have a business, have... and she has three cars. Oh, oh, yeah, doesn't she have three cars? We should clarify that. Do you have three cars right now, currently, that work? Uh, I have two that are on the outs, and then I have a huge van that is not really ours. So you have hours to think of why you should get this truck. You're going to basically plead to everyone. Rick, why why should they? Well, so here's the here's the deal. So they're going to have uh, all through this morning and then the early part of this afternoon to create a 90 second speech. They'll each have a 90 second window, and it can be written, it can be prepared. We're going to give them some stuff to sort of you know to write on. So they'll Something be able to write out of Citizen Kane. Exactly. It'll be do able... they have paper and pencils? Are they going to be able to write it? We down? will furnish them with uh, writing materials, and uh, it'll be like a Mr. Smith goes to Washington kind of a thing, or like the end of the American President when he uh, when he says you get on television and you call the president's girlfriend a whore. It'll be just like that, but without the president and the whore and so forth. So this afternoon during the Court and Fat Boy show, they will each give Jessica and Katie a 90-second speech explaining why they think they ought to win. And then voting begins today at 3 p.m. Voting begins today at 3 p.m. and will go through uh, today, tomorrow, Thursday, and then will conclude Friday afternoon. The winner will be announced Friday at 5 p.m. Why, I'll be there. I'll be there, too, I'll Tim be there too. Why, so will I. <laughs> Greg? Greg? This is a team effort. Well, yes. the three. Yes, oh, I will be there. Uh, <laughs> he had to ponder it. Uh, maybe let me consult my day planner. So the voting will go until Friday at 4 p.m. with the winner announced at 5 p.m. on Friday. So again, 3 p.m. today, you can begin voting for either Katie or Jessica at KUFO.com. Be listening to Court and Fatboy for more details, and then they're going to have all day to create uh, their 90-second pitch to you, the KUFO voter. There you go. Another update for KUFOs. Survive it and drive it. Rock 101 KUFO Survive It and Drive It. From Dick Hanna Dodge and the giant Vancouver Automall. Who will win a Dodge Ram truck? Thanks to Domino's. Lazy Boy Furniture. Jackson's Food Stores. And 7-Up. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. And I have magic genitals. On Rock 101 KUFO.
It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Be sure to listen to Court and Fatboy this afternoon from 3 to 7. Online voting for Survive It and Drive It begins at 3 p.m. That is six hours and 33 minutes from now. So uh, set your alarm, make a note to yourself, whatever it is you got to do. KUFO.com this afternoon, 3 p.m. Online voting begins. Goes all the way until Friday, 4 p.m. That's when the ballots close. And uh, the uh, winner of Survive It and Drive It is going to be announced Friday at 5 p.m. We will all be out there. Uh, Dick Hanna Dodge Corner, 4th. Uh, Plain and Auto Mall Drive right there in Vancouver, the Dick Hanna Auto Mall. If you want to be there for that, be listening to Court and Fatboy this afternoon when uh, Katie and Jessica will each make a 90-second pitch, a plea, a campaign to you, the listener, uh, as we prepare for the voting to begin today. 3 p.m. is uh, when that happens. Tim Riley's tracking the following headlines for you on this Tuesday. Well, those of you who like the Made in Oregon sign... But you can rest assured that it's not going to change for now. It seems that the University of Oregon has backed out of the deal. Really? Yes. Now is oh, that, that makes me so happy. Now, is that a loss of money for the city? Who are they renting? Who are they buying it from? It was a lease on the sign. Uh, let's see. Who owns the actual sign right now? In other words, where was that money going? Mm, the lease on the sign and any, any agreement to buy it would end this week. Hey, Greg, do you know who owns the Made in Oregon sign now? I'm not even sure, to be honest. Is it the, the building owner? Do, do yeah, they sure still have that? The who building owns... that owns, uh, the people that own that building. Who because owns... then U of O bought that building, right? What is the, right. the see, yeah, that was my thing, is I wonder what, who owned, okay, so, well, wait a minute, then why would they be, that? but they can't, that can't be the case, because why would they be leasing the sign? Well, it, it's part of the Historic Landmark Commission, so they can't do exactly what they want with it. So they must, so they must own the building, but not the sign, then, if they're it's leasing a... it. De- uh, Ramsey Signs owns the sign. Okay, all right, because because it, it was an ad. It was basically right. a billboard for the White mm-hmm. Satin Sugar Company. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. So they're not going to change it for now, right? And uh, this just in: DJ Am's death has been ruled an accidental drug overdose. And I've got uh, a list of the drugs. We'll get to that in a second. In fact, we'll see if anybody can guess. Uh, have you looked at the list of drugs, Sarah? No, I have not. All right, Greg. I have not. All right, we'll see if you guys can uh, just uh, take. A- I'll tell you this: there's. I'm seeing at least nine drugs uh, right now they found in their system. So wow. uh, at least six of which you would recognize, I think. All right. It's 503-228-4101. That is uh, all on the way. It's time for another installment of Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, in Major League Baseball, the Angels are in the playoffs, clinching their third straight American League West Division title. In the NFL last night, the Cowboys beat the Panthers 21-7 to and set a world record while doing it. They were certified by the Guinness Book of World Records for the world's largest TV, which was 72 feet high by 160 feet wide, weighing over 600 tons. It's gigantic. Uh, so they set that. In uh, college football, USC running back uh, Stephon Johnson is in critical. Critical condition. The Trojan's second-leading rusher and leader in touchdowns this year underwent more than seven hours of surgery last night after suffering a weightlifting injury by dropping a barbell on his neck. Ah! Wow. On his neck. Yes. Oh, Think wow. about that. Yeah. I don't know how much was on that, but I can only imagine probably a couple hundred pounds. Apparently, um, he has extensive problems with his larynx currently. Oh. And, uh, <laughs> That's a shocker. <laughs> to survive that, Conan O'Brien. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, and was spitting up blood on the site. Where's so. his spotter at the time? I yeah, mean, I don't know. Somebody might be in a little trouble for that. It only takes 10 pounds of pressure to collapse your jugular vein, uh, oh. by the way, or your carotid artery. Yeah. So the idea that he has, a, I mean, the bar weighs like 50 pounds. Pounds. Yeah, let alone the amount of weight that was on that thing. Oh, so, yeah, crushed him right on the neck. And But apparently, though, he is expected to make, hopefully, a full, well, it says a 
he's expected to recover. Now, it doesn't really say what extent. I guess he's not going to die, but I don't know if he'll ever speak again. <laughs> so he'll be alive from the neck down. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, from the shoulders down. Pretty Damn. pretty much. So oh, that hurts my throat even to think about it. Oh, yeah. A sore throat. Jeez. Absolutely. So that's that's uh, going on with USC. So he's he's obviously out for the season. Um, <laughs> you next think? Season. In, uh, in some non-ball news, Obama has decided he is going to go to Denmark to make his pitch for the Olympics after all. Now, originally he was going to send his uh, wife to there to uh, to make the speech for him, but he's decided that he's got an extra couple of days to take off to go to Denmark to pitch for the Chicago Olympics, of course, his adopted hometown. Well, because he's got to make up for the fact that I mean, this is like the worst possible week for that video to come out of that dude being beaten to death with those, yeah. the, the, those boards. Yeah. Yeah, especially, I mean, they're going against Madrid, Tokyo, and Rio de Janeiro, and they're trying to pitch it as, you know, a safe place full of sports fans, and then, yeah, there's a video of... Seriously, if I asked you right now, like, where would you rather spend... I mean, I was going to say vacation, that's wrong. Where do you think you'd feel the safest? Madrid, what is it? Madrid, Rio de Janeiro? Tokyo. Tokyo or Chicago? I mean, I mean, I hate... Look, I'm sorry, I apologize to Susan Reynolds, who is from Chicago. I don't believe she's from the south side of Chicago. She's one of the good ones. I, the, I'm just, you know, not all Chicagoans are gonna uh, are gonna, you know, take you out back and beat you senseless. But apparently, they're they're a good number of them who will. Apparently, that is a pastime in certain sections of that town. So I, there's just no way. I mean, that city just seems even. And Madrid this, is beautiful. I mean, that, I think that would be a good choice. And Chicago is just so known. I mean, it's just known to be corrupt. It's just known right. to be a vile, it, corrupt isn't city. Chicago, America's butcher and slaughterhouse. Yes, is it that is. What Tim. It's known for? Well, I guess that if you're not spending, I'm like, if you can't get to Baltimore, uh, you can at least make it to you know to Chicago that toddle in town all right so uh, yes he is going to be over there uh, yeah for a couple of days trying to pitch that um, and the Blazers had their first media day yesterday their first practice is today Greg Oden actually was smiling which is a good sign instead of scowling and sulking off in the corner and uh, there's still no contract for Lamarcus Aldridge which is going to be bad news if they don't get that settled pretty quick and uh, also I want to let everybody know that coming this Sunday October 4th at PGE Park the Portland Timbers are hosting their first USL first division semifinal round home playoff game. That's what it is. And it's uh, scheduled for 4 p.m. Single game tickets for the semifinal match start at $14 in advance and are on sale now at the PGE Park box office, area Ticketmaster locations online at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. And if you're calling number 10 right now at 503-228-4101, we will have a pair of tickets for you to go check out the Timbers presented by Spirit Mountain Casino, their playoff match this Sunday. Awesome. There you go. There's Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Straight ahead, Tim Riley at the news desk. It's the Rick Emerson Show, live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Don't forget, uh, 3 p.m. today is when online voting starts for Survive It and Drive It. You can cast your vote at KUFO.com for either Jessica or Katie. And, Are we allowed uh, to vote? That's a good question, actually. Somebody asked me if KUFO employees were allowed to vote, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I know who I'd vote for, but I'm not going to say it. Tim, do you know who you'd vote for? No. I... I... I didn't even think about it. I didn't think I would be allowed to vote. No, that's the uh, that's the. But now uh, you can uh, weigh in as a neutral observer as they prepare their speeches. 
I so, suppose I could do it at home at my home computer. And nobody would know. You could have McGee uh, vote. Your uh, your dog could, uh, you know, he could uh, cast his vote for that the, uh, the person who makes the most compelling argument. That'll be this afternoon. Three to seven is when Court and Fatboy are on, and Katie and Jessica are each going to be given 90 seconds to make their pitch to the people. So that's going to be coming up today. Tim and Greg will be out there. Tim Riley and Greg Nibbler on scene at Survive It and Drive It at Dick Hanna Dodge Corner, 4th Plain and Automall Drive in uh, Vancouver. Uh, before we uh, go to the news desk, I said we would uh, talk about DJ AM here. So, Oh, yeah, we were going to guess the drugs. Cause of death accidental. Uh, it's an overdose. Uh, TMZ, I guess, is there. They're very busy at the moment, so uh, we're going to catch up with Dax at a later time. But it says here the uh, acute intoxication, uh, according to the medical examiner, is what killed DJ AM due to the combined effects of, and I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight drugs. Uh, let's see if we can uh, guess any of those drugs. Cocaine. Yeah, look at you right out of the gate. I never would have guessed that. I thought he was all about the prescription abuse only. No, usually the people I know who take pills also, like, that's all, they go hand in hand. It's one to balance out the other. Uh, Oxycontin. Uh, okay, yes. Xanax. Yes. Benadryl. Yes. Wait, are you reading those? Oh, I didn't think, yes. Oh, no, you're not supposed to be reading them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't think you understand what the word guess means. I uh, guess me. never mind, don't worry about it. Uh, okay, well, that's for the yes. Yeah, so we've got cocaine, uh, oxycodone. Um, What's that stuff for people with ADD? Xanax, Betadryl. Ritalin. Ritalin. No. I mean, but the other one. Um, Ativan. No, that, no, no, you're confusing all of your, uh, no, 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 there's, uh, there, uh, for ADD, there is pro, uh, Provigil? Provigil and, uh, what's the other, because that's the stuff that, and then that Adderall, so there's Adderall, Provigil, and Ritalin, which are all basically the same thing, and there's Ativan, which is like Valium. Okay, so I was thinking Adderall then. No, but Ativan, yes. Uh, which is strange because he's also in Xanax. So Ativan and Xanax are very much the same what about thing. Prozac. No. What about codeine? Uh, no. Here's the, here's the total list: cocaine, oxycodone, hydrocodone, which is Vicodin. Okay. Ativan, clonopin, which is so he's on Ativan, clonopin, and Xanax. Isn't which, clonopin like a tranquilizer? Well, they're all yeah, and it's basically like Xanax. Like Ativan, clonopin, and Xanax are all basically the same thing. So that's weird. So that was a guy who. Which is maybe why you should cut back How on the coke. How do you accidentally take all these? Were these, these in a milkshake mixed together? <laughs> were they well, lined up in a night table at Marilyn Monroe's tile? I can't even imagine the number of old person pill things you would have to carry around if you were this guy. <laughs> do you have to sit out, I mean, like every Sunday and just lay out your pill consumption for the entire week? Hold on a second. I've got the blue pill bottle. That's just for in mornings. And then the green one is for afternoons. I mean, maybe if you're having to take Ativan, Clonopin, and Xanax all at once, along with Benadryl, by the way, maybe you should cut down on the amount of Coke that you're jamming into your nostrils, you know? Or you could just go outside, you know, and get a walk around. Although I know you can't go outside because that's where they are. Tim Riley's at the news desk, ladies and gentlemen. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 847. We're in for a thunderstorm at some point today after 11 o'clock. And there's already snow at the 5,000-foot level. So the Made in Oregon sign, which sits atop the White Stang Building, is in limbo. Apparently, the University of Oregon does not want to pay $850,000 and then another $150,000 a year to light it. The owner of the sign, which is Ramsey's sign, said it is disappointed with the university's decision, but they understand. And the uh, city got too involved, they say. So this is owned by, you said it's a, it's a sign company, the yes. Russell Signs or mm-hmm. Newman Signs Ramsey or signs. Ramsey Signs. All right. Uh, I wanted to say University of Oregon, not because he's a duck, it's because he believes in freedom of speech. Many Portlanders are happy the sign will stay the way it is. Made in Oregon is a good sign. Well, I see, and I have no issue with them putting 
Because the, what is the deal? The deal is they were going to leave the maiden organ there, but then it was just going to say U of O at the bottom. A big O. Oh, no, Which, so I thought it was, no, I heard that it was going to, instead of say maiden organ, say University of Oregon. Mm. I think that was just, I think the compromise, though, that Randy Leonard broached, unless something changed, was that they were going to keep the maiden organ thing, but then the bottom of it, across the bottom, like a license plate frame, was going to say University of Oregon. Okay, I, think, I would be okay with that. Well, they wanted, like the, the they wanted to decide to say University of Oregon, but then the university changed its plans. Yeah. It was going to say Oregon with a big neon O. No, oh, so they were gonna that. they were gonna lose the made in. It was just gonna say Oregon. Yeah, like an O for like Oprah. Well, I mean, I get you know. Look, it's like it, it, mm. we live in what is mm. a you know a diminished capitalist society, but still a theoretical capitalist society. So, I mean, look, if they're if they're paying, they can do whatever they want. But you would yeah. think that they would not want to just piss off the whole city. Is kind of my deal. Like you, that's the thing. Like you would think they would not want they would not want to actively alienate uh, everybody in town, which which this totally is. I mean, even the even the biggest U of O supporter I know isn't in favor of changing the sign. Everybody really likes it the way it is. So you'd think that they would take that into account. But what do I know? Well, a skull long believed to be that of Adolf Hitler actually belonged to a woman. It's also clear to me now, Tim. The skull was taken by a Soviet force in 1945 when they found the charred remains outside the Nazi dictator's bunker in Berlin. The Russians said at the time the findings back claims that Hitler shot himself and had been cremated along with his wife, Ava Braun. However, the scientist and bone specialist Nick Buttentani said the skull really belonged to a lady under the age of 40, not Hitler, who was 56 when he died. And the scientist believes the skull uh, could have been... Oh, he does not say it could belong to Eva Braun, his longtime girlfriend. That's my thing. So who, so who was it then? That, that's actually the weirder. That's the newest mystery. There. The <sighs> Russians now say they have never claimed the skull itself belonged to Adolf Hitler. So the mystery remains, who has Adolf Hitler's skull? This, uh, uh, this email says, Rick, uh, this was on History Channel's Mystery Quest. You can watch it on Xbox Live. The conclusion is the skull is a woman. No remains of Hitler exist. Which leads to the theory he did not commit suicide, after all, but fled Germany, possibly to South America. Says Vince. Ah, see, now, see, that was a thing I thought was checked off the mystery list. Nope. Nope. Now, now, not so much. We want to take a moment, by the way, to remind you uh, that the uh, KUFO half-off sale is continuing uh, and that uh, updates itself this Friday at 9 a.m. This Friday at 9 a.m., the KUFO half-off sale will be continuing. Uh, and this Friday special is going to be a $50 certificate to the Oregon Humane Society. It's $50 certificate toward the adoption of a lifelong loving companion from the Oregon Humane Society, sheltering homeless animals and fighting cruelty and neglect for 140 years. They receive no tax dollars, of course. Uh, it is funded by the people... Uh, of Portland and the generosity of folks like yourself. Friday at 9 a.m., you're going to be able to get a $50 certificate for just $25. Uh, but if you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you'll be able to pick uh, one of those up uh, for yourself right before they go on sale. They go on sale Friday at 9, but if you're caller 10 right now, you'll uh, get one of those before you can buy them. Here's Tim Riley at the news desk. 70-year-old Donna Tewksbury had to be airlifted to a Portland hospital. She was thrown from her horse which then stepped on her head. This in a frenzy after she rode into a swarm of bees. So she was already having a bad day and got a little bit worse. Speaking of having a bad day, am I the only one after having that story about the the, 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 the guy dropping the weightlifting bar on his neck that suddenly my throat hurts? Yes, mine too. That's a, I, uh, That weirds me out. Between that and Conan O'Brien's head. Oh, man. I, the, I'm which, never watching that. So you know that somebody's going to send it to you and they're going to call it, they're going to title it something interesting. They're going to title it like... New, They'll title it like New Moon Sneak Preview Hot Werewolf Jacob Guy or something. 
Um, do you have that video of Conan smacking the back of his head on the tile floor, coupled with Carson it? never did that. Carson never did that. No, we wish Leno would, but won't. Thank God, though, that there's no video of that guy dropping the uh, the, the the bar on his uh, throat. Oh, while you know he there are other videos of people doing that. Though. Jesus, well, it's like remember that time we had the weight li- that we had the, the the video of the weightlifting camera. He he goes to. He was doing like a squat thrust thing or whatever it is, you know, where you, um, you know, you lift like five billion pounds at once and his arm <laughs> snapped. I think I've actually got the, hold on, I think I've actually got the sound of that. No, 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 hold on. It's uh, right here. It's uh, This is the sound of that weightlifting guy and then his arm. Um, oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. No, I'm sorry. That's just the, uh, that's just the edited version of that. Hold on a second. Let me see if I can find the, uh, see if I can find the full length version. Wait, hold on. There we go. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. <laughs> and the best part is how it sounds totally fake. It does. It sounds like a cartoon. The announcer sounds like Trey Parker trying to do the Steve Irwin voice or something. But it was a, It was one of those guys. Did they call that squat thrusting? Yes, you know what I'm talking about? They put the, the, the weight across their shoulder and they just do the yes. one big push and they stand up. And the guy stands up and he holds the pose for like a second and a half. And then just the arm just completely snaps. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, that's terrible. Oh, no. That's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. Sarah, you're not laughing. Tim's laughing, but his microphone is off so he can preserve his journalistic facade. I'm unashamed to say that I'm uh, I'm laughing. Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. The snapping, the snapping is awful. Uh, oh, just oh. keep us amused. All right. Let's do uh, uh, like one or two more here, and then we will uh, wrap things up. Here's Tim Riley. Well, good news. Portland's Freightliner Truck Factory will stay open after all. The Swan Island plant is giving a uh, getting a big military contract. They're going to build trucks for the Army. Freightliner's German owners expected to cut back on the workforce. But no more. All they have to do now is renegotiate with their labor union. Salem's shock collar dad will get his hand slapped by a liberal judge. 41-year-old Todd Markham will get him easily three years probation. That's not jail time. This, we're playing the twisted collar shock game with his kids. He thought it was funny and it amused him and he laughed heartily. You suppose the kids thought it was a game? Seems like if there's, I forget who said this about hunting. Somebody said, you know, for a sport or a game, everybody really be on, you know, should be on the same page. Everybody ought to know that it's a game. It seems like playing the shot collar game, by definition, is something that's a that's a bit of a one sided leisure time activity, even in Salem. This guy says, uh, text message of five two zero five one. My goal for the day is now to send you a ton of videos of weightlifting accidents. Oh, and it's called a deadlift, by the way. That's the... Uh... Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. <laughs> also, here's the other thing about this clip is, you know, and speaking of clips, tomorrow, I have the best thing to play. I have the best thing. We have a big show tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow, Kevin Smith will be joining us, first of all. Uh, geek icon, filmmaker, nerd extraordinaire, comic book author, producer. Uh, I think he's got a book coming out. Uh, Kevin Smith will be on the uh, Rick Emerson Show tomorrow. Also, uh, Ryan White, music editor from the Oregonian. And I have the best sound clip tomorrow. I want to say what Are it is. Are you to do daddy songs, too? Uh, I believe Ryan White will be putting together the top five daddy songs. But uh, So we have Kevin Smith, Ryan White, and uh, the top five. And then I have a fantastic soundbite. All I'm going to say is that it has to do with... Um, it has to do with one's civic duty. That's all I'm going to say. It just has to do with one's... Oh, no, that's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. In this weightlifting video, the great thing is he does the... Yeah! And he lifts, and then his arm snaps. Okay. 
No, 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 no. But see, you gotta hear me out here. But then you can actually hear a supplement, like a secondary bump, as his body hits the ground, and then as the guy is on the ground going like, oh, ah, and he, the judges have that great sort of like Australian or New Zealand or whatever it is, like facade of calm. Oh no! Where you can tell that they're not really that bothered by it. It's like, oh, he's got to feel upset about that. No, his arm has come completely out. So he's this is a terrible reversal for him. And meanwhile, the guy's got like. You know, the, the guy's just sitting there, and his arm is like on a separate part of the mat. It's called a a clean and jerk. That's what it's called. That's right, because it does because it's one, two, three, and then they push the bar up, yeah. and then four and five of your arm snapping off, and then he falling, and then six of the guy going, oh no, flesh flapping in the breeze. With that's right, Tim. Flesh flapping in the breeze is uh, that's what we're all about here. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. So that is all coming up tomorrow. Kevin Smith, uh, as well as Ryan White from the Oregonian, and uh, don't forget voting for the Survive to Drive It contest begins this afternoon at three p.m. And you'll hear some uh, campaign speeches by Katie and Jessica. As we wrap all this up, we've had people asking about this uh, all day long. Motorhead is going to be here Saturday at the Roseland. Tickets on sale right now at TicketsWest.com. Motorhead and one of the best bands you may have never seen live. That is the Reverend Horton Heat. Bring your earplugs. Uh, Motorhead, Reverend Horton Heat. We're going to give away one pair of tickets to that right now at 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Uh, if you are caller 10 right now. The Rick Emerson Show continues tomorrow with Kevin Smith. Ryan White from the Oregonian. More updates on Surviving and Drive It and the uh, top five. Uh, we want to uh, don't forget Tim uh, Riley, by the way, and Greg Nibbler are going to be at uh, Surviving and Drive It this afternoon, four to six during Court and Fat Boys. You'll be listening online voting begins today at three p.m. I want to thank senior radio correspondent Amanda Moyer, actor Josh Charles, uh, Don Taylor from Movies.com, Cinematical.com, and uh, Dax Holt, who unfortunately got behind schedule-wise. We'll talk to him later in the week. Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phone's Greg Nibbler. At the front desk, the gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the webmistress Bridget from upstairs, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru Susan Don't F With Me Reynolds, executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Uh, Buzz coming up next with Smells Like the 90s, Court and Fatboy this afternoon. 3 to 7, online voting starts at 3. Greg and Tim at Surviving and Driving Today at Dick Hanna Dodge uh, 4 to 6. It is Tuesday, September 29th. That is the frequency, Kenneth. Thank you for listening. See you all tomorrow. Watch out for snakes. Bye. Oh, no. That's terrible. Oh, he's dislocated. That's just awful. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.